You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear, you're a, uh, you're an action figure! Oh, seriously? Everybody does that Toy Story clip. Even the AFI part of the uh, AFI top list did that Toy Story clip. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's famous. Yeah, it's overdone. All right. Find something else. All right, all right. How about this one? I'll tell you what, buddy, it don't get much better than this. No! No! All right. I got it. How about this one? Oh, you savage! Welcome, by and large, customers to Geek Salad episode 121, Pixar! Don't blame us for planes! <laughs> or Frozen. <laughs> or, or planes, search and rescue. Or Tangled. Okay. Tangled uh, was pretty good. Tangled, Tangled was pretty good. Yeah, it was awesome. Frozen's great. Yeah, I like Frozen too. Anyway, on to the intros, everybody. <laughs> yeah! I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And today we're here to count down the, uh, the 15... Pixar movies, as voted by you, the Geek Salad audience. Yay. So, yeah, it was a um, rather interesting mix of affairs here. A lot of opinions on this one. I think more so than like when we did this with Marvel. Yeah. yeah. With Marvel, first of all, there's only ten movies, and there's generally a consensus. With some of the middle stuff being, you know, shifted around a little bit. You can kind of tell where the the, the bottom ones are going to hit. And you're going to tell where the top ones are going to hit. And then all the stuff in the middle is kind of the surprises. Yeah. This was all over the fucking place. Yeah, it's, there was a lot of... Well, except for one. Oh, yes, there was one. There was one consensus in the, the, this entire thing. There was one consensus. But anyway, before we get started, uh, let's go to Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. And uh, Chris actually has something a little special for us, and this actually ties into how we we open the episode. Um, when uh, when we started doing the episode, we started talking about all these other movies that we can't really blame Pixar for. <laughs> and when we started talking to people about, um, you know, we're doing this list on our on the top Pixar movies and all that, people started throwing out all sorts of different movies. Stuff from DreamWorks. Like, oh, Shrek wasn't a Pixar movie? No. You know? Yeah, I was, I was going to vote for, you know, we are not DreamWorks. Right, exactly. And um, so Chris actually asked his his daughter, Gina, who he'll explain everything in just a second, uh, what her favorite Pixar movie was. And I think this, Out of the Mouths of Babes, best accentuates what we were going through trying to get these, these surveys done. Live Chris's Cultural Corner with Chris's daughter Angelina. Say hi. Hi. We're talking about uh, some Disney Pixar movies that she, um, she has seen. Uh, which Disney Pixar movies have you seen, Angelina? Um, Finding Nemo. Well, a little bit of Finding Nemo. And what other movies? A Toy Story of Terror and Toy Story. Mm-hmm. Toy Story of Terror is more like a uh, special. It's not really a movie. But go ahead. Um, I went... I saw Mickey Mouse. 
Adventures in Wonderland and I saw Mickey's Monster Musical. Those are uh, just Disney animation. Those aren't uh, pick Disney Pixar. Um, what about Inside Out? Disney Pixar's Inside Out? I haven't saw it yet. Oh, yeah. We have to get the DVD for that. How about... And you saw Toy Story. I know. And I saw a commercial of Disney Pixar's Inside Out. And I saw a commercial of... Um... We're going to see that one. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Okay, well, that's um, Angelina talking about the Disney Pixar movies. This is a live Chris's Cultural Corner. This is Chris signing off. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Gina. <laughs> uh, Angelina, rather. Sorry. I mixed your daughter up with your wife. Oops. Um, <laughs> now, I just want to point out uh, that the six-year-old... Sounded exactly like some of the, our thirty-year-old co-workers, <laughs> and trying to like hammer down exactly what a Pixar movie is versus a um, your standard Disney movie. And a lot of people, if they didn't go straight for the movies themselves, they went for shorts, like the Toy Story of Terror. Um, someone brought up, I think, someone brought. It wasn't you, Mike, who brought up Feast, right? No. All right. Somebody brought up uh, Feast, which opened in front of Big Hero Six, which is a Disney movie, not a Pixar movie. Yeah. But Pixar did make Feast. Uh, Pixar did make Feast. I believe so. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I thought that was part of Walt, the Walt Disney Studios, because um, Netflix just released a whole bunch of those movies uh, that the shorts as like one collection on Netflix. So we just watched a whole bunch of them, which uh, amazing. There's some really good stuff on there. Yeah, we, but, got, we got the DVD for it. Wow. Yeah. And it, it, it is... Some, some of the Pixar shorts, some of them are better than some of the couple of the movies. Yeah, well, exactly. We're going to get into that in just a second. I, oh, like, I guess it wasn't. Hmm? I guess it wasn't. It was, um... Disney. Yeah, produced by Walt Disney Animation Studios. All right. So, hey, I was right about something. Go hey, me. But what about Paper Man? Paperman, uh, was that Pixar? Okay, Paperman was really, really cool, and it was released in front of a Disney movie. Looking it up, hold on. It was released in front of uh, Wreck-It Ralph, which, again, which should have been the Pixar it movie. It should have been the Pixar yeah, movie. Yeah, that one was good. Yeah. Walt Disney Animation Studios. All right, then. Well, then. Well, I mean, let, let's face it. At this point, John Lasher does them both, so there's really not too much of a difference. Right, exactly. So shall we get onto the list, everybody? Well, we have 15 movies to cover, and not a whole lot of time to do it in. Can we also point out that um, Pixar wouldn't exist without Star Wars? Thank you, George Lucas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. There we go. Thanks. Your one contribution, you jolly bastard. <laughs> Look it up. It is true. Oh, I, I know it's it true. Really. No, I'm, not, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to our audience. I understand that. Also, you got to thank Steve Jobs too. Bastard. In hell. <laughs> All right. So let's start. Number 15, last placed by a landslide. Yeah. Every one of these had kind of a, there was a closeness to it in terms of where it was placed within the list of 15. There was no question going into this thing what the undisputed loser of this batch was going to be. Cars 2, the search for more money. 
crash and bang. Um, <laughs> this is uh, not only the only Pixar movie to not get nominated for Best Animated Feature. It is also the only Pixar movie to actually rank certified rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, what you got here in the tree? How about that pistachio ice cream? No, no, wasabi. Oh, same old, same old. What's up with you? Yep. Yep. Well, what they did, in my opinion, was that the Mater's Tall Tales, which are, you know, cute, short, and funny, yep. they decided to turn it into a full-length movie, which was a terrible mistake. Right. Because it's funny for about three minutes. I mean, it was, it was such an obvious cash grab. It, it, I mean, it, I mean, I enjoyed Cars, or enjoyed the original, the first Cars, but even I could see it as like, yeah, this is, no. Well, this, let's not forget they also got Michael Caine. They got Michael Caine. To be a car who yeah. drives on the left-hand side of the street. He's a secret agent car. Of course he is, because all that's what all British people are. Yeah. They're all secret agents. There isn't a whole lot to say about this movie. Um, I had a hard enough time getting through the first cars. Yeah. I gotta say, I've never watched this one. And this is like 20 times worse. <laughs> but what I have seen, I, I watched... Just the other day, I decided, you know what? I gotta, I gotta at least see something from this movie. I watched a clip on YouTube. Showed Mater driving into a bathroom, a bathroom for cars in Japan. He drives into a toilet saying, I never leak, I never leak. And then the toilet turns out to be a bidet. Well, it's what Japanese toilets do. Yeah, They're so all you. all like. They so you, do all the things. Like yeah. So you get to see. They're all squatty potties, pretty much. You get to see water squirted up a car's ass. <laughs> Not just any cars, cars at, yeah, exactly. Not just any cars at Larry the Cable Guy's car. Larry the Cable Guy's car. I don't care who you are, that's funny. No. Yeah, no, that actually is not funny. Um, discerning people, that's who you don't care. It was not funny. No. Again, I see those Prilosec ads, and I really pray that guy's got gambling debts. Like, seriously, there's a Prilosec ad with um, Larry the Cable Guy where he's, like, he's got this big plate. No vegetables can be found anywhere on that thing. Well, I think It is nothing like sugary proteins, and that's about I'm it. I'm pretty sure he thinks uh, vegetables are sent by the devil. Probably. Probably. Vegetables are what food eats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Wow, we really had a whole bunch to say about this. I think... Here's the thing with Cars 2... Most of what we have to talk about will fa factor more in when we talk about uh, its its originator Cars in just a little bit. There's only one reason, well, no, there are two reasons why Cars 2 was made, and they're the same two reasons why Cars 3 will be made. Yep. One, because it does make money via, you know, both box office and because of merchandising. And two, because John Lasser loves Cars. Nothing wrong with that. His dad was an auto. It was like an auto mechanic. Yeah, no, but it, John Lasseter's got a pretty extensive car collection. Right. Yeah, and right. if he if he had his way, if they only had, could make two movies, it would be Cars and Cars too. Right. Also, not Incredibles two, which is getting made eventually after Cars three. Not before. That's before. Is it before? Yeah. Oh, we'll 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 see about that. <laughs> Call me a pessimist, but we will see about that. They'll spend more time on The Incredibles, too. I uh, hope the hell they do. Oh, Andy, the cynicism. Yeah, exactly. All right, number 14, another sequel that isn't Incredibles 2, Monsters University. 
Will you take the sacred oath of the snow? crying out loud. Sweetie, turn the lights on while you're down here. You're going to ruin your eyes. Mom, we're doing an initiation. Oh, scary. Well, carry on. Just pretend I'm not here. This is my mom's house. Another cash grab. I don't think it's a cash grab. I think it's just a... I think it was. I think they get nostalgic. No. Yeah, Yeah, there was... It came too long after for me to do a blatant cash grab. It was, uh, what have we got? Spitballing. Yeah, sure, we'll give this a try. Hey, the kids still like Billy Crystal, right? <laughs> you know, it's... I didn't hate the movie. It's inoffensive. It just... There is no point to it. Exactly. It's complete... It, there's no reason it, for this movie to exist. Thank you for it making lacked, a shot-for-shot remake of Monsters, Inc. It lacked the it lacked the, the magic of Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Right. You know, they kind of like that first-time wonder, like, oh, my God, yeah. No. It, well, yeah. It was, it was, Monsters, it was, Inc. created a universe, and um, Monsters University gave us the useless backstory and origin story of the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. The only thing worth a damn in that entire movie is, is Helen Mirren. Oh, as the dean? Yeah. That was a pretty creepy dean. That was a pretty yeah. creepy dean. But, like, all the side characters, I, I've watched the movie once. I don't yeah. feel like I ever need to watch it again. I it think was, I might have seen it twice. No, I've seen it once, and I've seen, like, bits and pieces twice. Gotcha. It was it was, it was was Revenge of the Nerds without the assault and the rape. Okay, yes. That is true. There's a, there is rape in that movie. God damn it. Revenge of the Nerds, yeah. Man, jocks suck. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, and again, it's one of those movies that at the end of the year, come Oscar time, everyone forgot it had come out. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people are forgetting about it now. It is, it has been relegated to the dustbin of Pixar. Right. It could have easily been served. Remember back in the day? Remember back in like the late '90s, early aughts, when all of Disney's sequels were direct to video? They didn't oh, have yeah. any of the original performers. That was part of it. Well, that was that was part of it too. But then they got Robin Williams back for Aladdin three, The Prince of Thieves, or whatever the hell that. Yeah, awful, that's what it was. Shitty, yeah. shitty movie was. I, I never even bothered with that one. I, I did. I worked at a video store. We watched that one all the fucking you, time. You had no point. You, you had, had no choice. choice. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Your paycheck awful. depended on it. You were a hostage. I was a hot. Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> I was a hostage. Um, as John Campia of Collider Movie Talk said, there is there is actually one way that that movie, that Monster University, could have been salvaged. If at the very end. There was a scene that showed um, uh, Mike and Sully closing their college yearbook after they told the story to an old, a grown-up boo who was about to go off to college. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, no, 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 he's right, because a, a, lot, a lot of the charm of Monsters, Inc. is boo. Yeah. yeah. That is, she is the main driver of that movie. The, yeah. Monsters University did not have any of that kind yeah, of... Yeah, the, the interaction with boo and drove the story, drove the characters. Right. Now, here's the sick thing. Now, think about this in terms of a tied-in universe, because you know that they throw the Easter eggs out in every movie. Every oh, yeah. Pixar movie yeah. is tied to another Pixar movie in right. some way, shape, or form. Imagine if Boo hooked up with Andy from Toy Story in college. <laughs> and, like, their pillow talk was just talking about, oh, you know, I had these awesome toys that I'm pretty sure came to life. Oh, yeah? Well, fucking monster walked through, like, you know, this this blue bear ram thing and I, walked through my closet. And I went to a Andy. universe that was fully populated with monsters, so fuck that. Yeah, exactly. Then <laughs> they never talk again. <laughs> and it's like, junior and senior college is nothing but hate fuck, hate fuck, hate fuck. <laughs> Congratulations, Geek Salad! We did it! We just turned the Monsters Uni- University universe dark. 
and we completely ruined the Toy Story universe too. Mission accomplished, everybody. You sick little monkey. Go for it, be nerdful. We don't need to talk about anything else ever again. Except for Star Wars. Oh, well, yeah. Oh my god, it's almost like we have to use that now to collect ourselves, you know, it's like, oh my god, we, we're laughing too hard. Joe, talk about Star Wars for like three seconds. Just three, that's all we need. <laughs> oh my god, I can't, I just can't even, I can't even, I have to do this. One second. <laughs> Fuck yeah! So anyway, shall we move on? Move Number on. 13. A Bug's Life! Look at the light! I can't help it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> or as our buddy Ape Cod says, A Bug's Life. How dare DreamWorks do an original animated bug story the same year we lazily borrowed from Akira Kurosawa. You know what? I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Oh, oh I, forgot, I forgot that. I, I forgot that Ants came out that same year. I got, and I got you one better on Bugs Life too. It's a remake of the Three Amigos. <laughs> Think about it. No, you're right. It's kind of a mashup between Three Three Amigos, three amigos and, and the Seven Samurai. Samurai. Yeah, exactly. Well, but, well, the Three Amigos is a parody of the Seven yeah. Samurai. Yeah. So. But anyway, A Bug's Life. Possibly the most underrated Disney movie. Well, Pixar, yeah, um, the, yeah. The, the most underrated Pixar movie there is, I think. I mean, it, the, the the performances in it by Dave Foley, Dennis Leary, um, who else? Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere was in that, that's right. Where'd you guys have this on your list, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? Well, then. I had it at number nine. I'm sure I could, Catherine, if you'd like me to, I'm sure I can pull up my Gmail real quick and get yours. That would be great. That would be awesome. Okay, so I had mine at nine. Catherine, you had a bug's life at loading. Um, you had a bug's life at nine as well. I had 11. You had it at 11, yeah. okay. I had and it at I 9 because it. I like it, but I haven't liked it enough to go and buy a copy yet. Right, I, I, had, was, I had it at 11, and I would have had it higher. But there are so many other more... Exactly. There, yeah. there are more better, better movies. But, it, like I said earlier, I have a I have a little fondness for this movie because it's one of the first date movies for me and, and yeah. me and my wife. So This is one of the first DVDs I bought. Like, when I bought my DVD player, very first DVD player, this was one of the first three. It was like this, American Pie, and... Um, American Pie. American Pie, yeah. Yeah, Bugs Life, American Pie. I could see yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, it, but the DVD version I got was like the first direct from the the digital source DVD. Like they didn't oh, bother yeah. to do oh, a okay. film to DVD transfer. It yeah. was a full digital transfer, and it's like one of those thick. Like remember back when Disney used to release the two disc sets, and they oh, yeah. didn't have like that little like thing. It was like one big fucking box of DVDs. Yeah. That's what I have, and we just watched it the other day, and I, I really enjoy it. It's not a bad movie. I, I just think. It's, but there's just there, there's more there are more noteworthy and better Pixar films ahead of it. Yeah, right. but no, it belong. It, it's not. It's better than where that it ended up on the list. Right now, when it, the, it I, felt I very short to me. Ninety-eight. Bugs Life came out in ninety-eight. So it was was like one. the third, the second one after. It, you can see such a huge leap between Toy Story 
and Bugs Life in terms right. of the quality of the animation, the technology that went into it. But the it. funny thing is that when I hear people, when they do their criticisms of Bugs Life, it usually does show up in, like, the bottom three. And um, right. even as it is with us here, is part of the bottom three. Because I think that technology left it behind. Uh, it just felt very short to me. Because, mm. you know, I mean... It, it seemed like the, there was a whole lot more adventure that they like, especially like um, Flick going to find the going to find yeah. the bugs. It's like you know, one second he leaves, and the next second he's at their he's at their circus. So right. There was something in between there they could have done. This is also the first movie that really utilizes like that great ensemble cast, and not just the one or two stunt yeah. voices yeah. that they got. You know, I mean. Yeah, it was a kind of a coup that Toy Story gets Tom Hanks and Tim Allen back when Tim Allen was something. <laughs> Actually, it was right be- when they were hired to do it. It was right before they both exploded. Right before, yeah, right before Tom Hanks won his first Oscar, and and, and before. Uh, well, no, uh, Tim Allen was still on TV at that Tim point. Tim Allen, yeah, yeah he's, but he's, the show had not taken off yet. No, Home Improvement yeah. was pretty big. I remember. I remember in college, Home Improvement was pretty big. Yeah, and I mean, I was in college ninety one and ninety five. Excusably, because it's not that funny. <laughs> I'm telling you what they're saying on uh, the commentary uh, and the special features gotcha, on Toy gotcha. Story was well, that he hadn't really gotten that famous yet. Well, Tim Allen also seems like the kind of guy who's always felt like the world was against him anyway, so... No, that was what the uh, the Pixar people said. Oh, okay. Was that they were lucky to get him. But, yeah, I mean, Buzz Lightyear does a great use of, like, everybody in there. And Dennis Leary, I think Dennis Leary does a better job as Francis in this yes, than yes. he did as Diego in the Ice Age movies. Yeah. Well, he's playing against type a little bit more. Yeah, I like that. David Hyde Pierce as the walking stick. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am a flower with absolutely nothing, nothing. to say. <laughs> and, uh, oh, uh... As Joe Ramped was, um, the butter... was, uh, the caterpillar. <laughs> Who will one day be a beautiful butterfly? And, um, oh, uh, Jonathan Harris. Oh, yes, Jonathan Harris and Madeline Kahn, I think, like, their last productions yeah. ever They're as the old circus couple. Um, and, and it was also the last, it was, it was the last performance of, uh, Brian McDowell. That's right. That's right. He was one of the ants. Yeah. And, I mean, you got Edie McClurg in there, you got, uh, Phyllis Diller, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, which, you know, playing up the Seinfeld thing, hardcore Hard, yeah. in that. Yeah. Hardcore. Well, I mean... <laughs> So did um uh, well what was his name? Did one did one of the voices of the uh, hunch uh, the gargoyles in Hunchback of Notre Dame? Oh, Jason Alexander. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh boy. So Thanks for reminding me of that. Gargoyle in, in Hunchback of Notre Dame, the Queen Ant or the Princess Ant and uh, Ant in uh, Bugs Life. Exactly. I think Julia can't leave him out on top there. Yeah. Captain, what do you get to say about Bugs Life? Anything interesting? Anything else, sir? No, that's about it. All right, yeah. It's, it's one of those, I, I should go back and watch that one again, because it was pretty good, but I don't remember. You know, we didn't, we didn't actually mention the real star of it, though. Kevin Spacey. Jesus Christ. God, he was terrifying in that movie. Yes, he <laughs> but was. But to be fair, he, only, he was only in the movie for about, like, you know, 15 minutes. Wait, exactly. But he's he a threatening grasshopper. It counted. Yeah. Who gets eaten alive. Yeah, he is the only Pixar character to die, not really on screen, but just die definitively. I mean, that was... But I saw that and I was like, that is pretty, pretty terrifying. terrifying. Holy shit! That's dark, yeah, dark, some dark shit. He yeah. was still alive when they started <laughs> eating him. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> go for an alien boy, Jeff. Just something pop out of his chest. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, let's move on. Number 12. And I think we do have to, sp forgive the pun, park here for a little bit. Number uh, 12 uh, is cars. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How long is this going to take? Well, fella does it right to take him about five days. Five days? But I should be in California schmoozing Dynaco right now. Then if I were you, I'd quit yapping and start working. Hook him up, Mater. Okie dokie. Maybe I should have uh, hooked him up to Bessie and then, uh, then took the boot off. All right. I finally got through all of cars after like five <laughs> aborted attempts last week. I don't know if this movie is trying to pander to fly over country or insult it. Because it really seems like they're trying to have it both ways. I actually, I went back and I asked Steve, because like, because Steve's got a bit of that conservative mindset. I'm like, is it elitist of me to come across as saying that this movie is really pandering to fly over country? <laughs> I think they were just trying to get their kicks on Route 66. Oh, God. This is... Not a good. This is not only is it really not a good movie. Other than the fact it is beautiful, the only thing that Pixar did right about this movie was it looks gorgeous. The vistas are nice. I actually think the rendering think, of the cars is really cool. I, I, maybe it's because me as a my background as a car guy. No, I, I no, I enjoy. I guess I enjoyed it. I mean, I loved all the little references to it. I love all the car references to it. Being a race fan, yeah. I mean, it, it, it hit home. It, it really touched home for me, and it, it really kind of spoke to me. The one solid chuckle I got the entire movie, I thought immediately about Joe, because it was the one where the uh, stereotypical Italian um, car was like, oh, I love the racing. The little Fiat 500. Right. And it just turned out that he only likes European. Luigi, yeah. Yep. Played by Tony Shalhoub. Mm-hmm. Um, Lebanese man playing the exactly. Well, he, he gets <laughs> yeah, past totally the generic ethnic guy. Right. Now, I gotta say though, I, I really feel sorry for Paul Newman because you could tell he was giving his all for. Well, no, you know what, Paul. He knew Newman, that was no. the last thing he was going to. No, 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 no. Paul Newman is also a huge car guy, and he loved making that movie because it spoke to him too. Yeah. And that then, was that's kind of you know he's always wanted to do something like that. The last like racing movie he did was Winning. Back in 1968, and he that is next to acting, ra racing was like his life. Yeah. So this was a he loved he, you know every interview I saw him do for this movie he loved absolutely loved doing yeah. it. it it was one he said it was one of the happiest movies that he, he that he's you done. Could, you could tell he was giving it all. Yeah. And, okay. he, and, 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 and they, they, they did do a nice uh, you know moment for him in Cars too. Yeah. Right, I mean, and I guess kind of a half-assed Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy. No. Well, if you're not overly familiar with with the cable guy, you're okay. Because, you know, Mater is funny. Larry the cable guy, not so much. Yeah, exactly. But, but the I problem can, is but that can... us adults can't divorce the two. A child. And that's the thing. Kids love this movie. Oh, my son absolutely. My, and that well, was my son. Not just adults, son, people that, you know, my son and daughter. the cable guy sucked and never watched yeah. anyone listen Both to Both TJ and Sophia love cars. Okay. My son called bullshit on this movie in the first three minutes when he's like, Daddy, cars don't jump. He never played bump and jump, did he? No, no, he didn't. 
Cars don't crawl into you other cars' you, you, you inherited your cynicism. Yeah, oh, you think? No, well, essentially, the the way I was when I was watching the movie, I'm like, I, and I was I was going back and forth to Steve on this on you know through text, like this movie is unwatchable. I mean, the only people that really that really appeal to this movie is anyone under the age of twelve, or anybody who lives in a state that um didn't didn't think it, that it was a bad thing to not own other human beings until the government told them not to do it. Or states that got electricity about three days ago. Yeah, exactly. What, Australia? <laughs> it's just, it's not a good... The thing is with this movie, anybody could have made this movie. This wasn't a Pixar movie. DreamWorks could have... Like that piece of shit Shark's Tale movie. Yeah. Oh. It's like, hey, can you imagine a world where everything is one thing? And, Mike, you brought up a good question a few years ago. Why do they have public transportation vehicles there? Yeah. Why are there buses? Yeah, that kind of picked, that kind of ticked me off a bit. Because buses are cool. Buses are cool. But what what is the need of a bus if there are no people to go inside of them? Ah. Oh, no. and, and also, the, my personal favorite cameo in that whole movie would be Click and Clack. That's right. They were in there. Yeah. Actually, Robot Chicken had a thing um, last, like a couple days ago, actually, where um, Michael Knight was driving Kit, and uh, some guy like runs up and punches him and steals Kit, and they're like, "Do you think he bought it?" Yeah, and they start, and Kit and this this carjacker start making out, and then uh, Lightning McQueen just pops right up, and uh, uh, Michael Knight goes in there. He's like, "Oh, I've always wanted a human being inside of me." <laughs> oh. I will. I will agree with you in in terms of the pandering to the uh, the, the the NASCAR crowd, the NASCAR crowd, and just any the Baron Nachos crowd. The, well, the the below the Mason Dixon line crowd is is the, my cousin's pretty crowd. The, yeah. <laughs> no, the the main theme song, "Life Is a Highway." Why couldn't they have stuck with the original Matthew Matthew Sweet? No, that's not Matthew Sweet. That's um. Are you sure? What, I thought Eric it was Cochran from Red Rider. I remember that because I was in college when that song came out, I thought it was and we came Sweet. up with an off off color version of that called "My Girl's the Highway." But basically, my, why did it need, why did it need to be countryfied? Why I, I actually really really like that version. Of the song. I don't. I, I like the original I, version. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Rascal Flatts. You like Rascal Flatts, and well, I like the song "Lunatic Fringe," but I still don't even like that song. You know, <laughs> I actually spent most of my day at work today just listening to that song over and over. I'm sorry. I'm uh, not okay. Not Fair enough. Fringe, but life is a highway. Right. Yeah. It. I don't know. It was like. It seriously was the most un-Pixar Pixar movie out of the, yeah. out of this entire group. And where do you guys have this on your list, by the way? I had it. I had it at nine. Higher. This is fourteen. I had fourteen. Higher than that. You had You had higher. Like than, you like it? Yeah. I don't Sorry. love, but I like. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you like the new Muppet Show. One of us is more wrong. <laughs> you I love, love the new Muppet, Muppet Show. show. Yeah. We watched that before Joe showed up. Yeah. I enjoy it a lot. They're retooling it. Yeah, I know they're retooling it. They're rebooting it. It's getting retooled. You know. Yeah, that, the uh, showrunner quit. Yeah. Quit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get out! Was forcibly removed with a, uh, you know, with a Staples box full of his stuff. Yes, I understand. <laughs> Moving on. What did you have it on your list, Catherine? Before we move on, I want to I know what, what Catherine thought of this. Keep the list out, by the way. Oh, you know what? I don't know why you're bothering to look. I have it right here. Because you're not looking. I'm not looking. No, I'm not. All right, here they go. Catherine, me. Here we go. Um, number eight. 
Oh, she had it higher than I did. Yeah. I'm shocked. <laughs> and it's two of her movies she actually hasn't seen yet, so that's uh, that's saying something. <laughs> I will say, Cards Land out in Disneyland, kind of fun. Yeah. If we go, like, in the next year or two, James is not coming with us because I'm not wasting my hard-earned money to bring a child that's not going to remember it and then have me babysit him. No, but you'd be going to Disney World. That's true. Oh, Disneyland. Disneyland. That's right. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Yeah. Now, kind of aside, where's Star Tours? Is Star Tours both? Or is yeah, it's both. Both now. Um, it's at Disneyland, and it's at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, Disney Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood. Because yeah. if it's the Sphinx, it stinks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's an old video store joke. One of, one of my things about A Bug's Life was that, you know, I saw the, the movie at Animal uh, Kingdom. But, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a stink bug. Ew. And then you are not allowed to leave the theater until all the bugs leave and all these creepy crawly things go into your butt. Oof. Yikes! All no right. Next. I love that scene. I love that part. <laughs> all right. So next up on the list, number 11, Brave. You're muttering. I don't mutter. Ah, you do. You mutter less when something's troubling you. I blame you. Stubbornness. It's entirely from your side of the family. <laughs> I take it the talk didn't go too well, then. I don't know what to do. Speak to her, dear. I do speak to her. She just doesn't listen. Come on, now. Pretend I'm Merida. Speak to me. What would you say? I can't do this. Sure you can. There, there, that's my queen. Right, here we go. I don't want to get married. I want to stay single and let my hair flow in the wind as I ride through the glen, firing arrows into the sunset. I am surprised that the na- that wasn't higher. I am too. Where, uh, I'm not. Where on the list is it, guys, for you guys? Eight. Seven. Thirteen. Hold on. Really? Yes, a loving story about a daughter and her um, mother bonding. Yeah, trigger alert. <laughs> you see my... Dad? Going, to, going to see that with my mother, going, oh, God, I hate you. Oh, my God, I hate you. I hate this movie, and I hate you. <laughs> I had it nine. Number nine? All right. See, Diane took Sophia to watch it, and I guess by the end of the movie, they were both, like, just emotional puddles, just crying to each other. I'm like, really? Yeah, well, they're, it's a mother and a young daughter, not yeah. you know, a grown... A grown-ass grown woman. In the late 30s, and her mother. <laughs> I enjoyed this movie. My biggest problem with it is that you know, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes into the movie, I knew exactly how everything was going to go from that. Yeah. yeah it was, and it, it went beat for being exactly how well, it was. Well, Andy and I were talking about it earlier, and this, this Brave is probably the most Disney movie right. Pixar made. Again, just like Cars, not so much anybody could have made this movie. No, this was Disney. This was DreamWorks a Disney 20th Century Fox wouldn't have had the balls to make this no, movie. No, The main thing and the big buzz about this movie, sorry, just, didn't want that to spill. Um, the biggest thing about this movie, where all the buzz came from, this was Pixar's first female lead, non-romantic character. Right. Yeah. And it's just her and her mother. Yeah. It pretty that much is her and her mother. It was like, okay, I was like, yeah, it's going to be a movie. With the, she's going to be a hero. And it, Oh, it's a mother-daughter bonding movie. Mm. I, I, this should have... Can I just go watch, you know... Steel Magnolias again or something? Oh, come on. In Steel Magnolias, I would have paid to see that if Shirley MacLaine turned into a bear, for God's sakes. Well, we said, I mean, we said, you know, because this was the same year that Wreck-It Ralph came out, Wreck-It Ralph should have been the Pixar movie, 
It's almost like they were playing a rib on the animators. Yeah. It's like, okay, Disney guys, you show up at Pixar for three years. <laughs> Pixar guys, you show up at Disney for three years to see how those savages live. This gives you a Disney princess. So it should have been the Disney... Now, here's the interesting thing about that, too, that Merida is, in fact, the only Pixar character to be designated as part of the Disney, Disney Princess line, yep. and when they did it, they oh, missed the whole fucking point of the character. And everybody flipped out about it. Rightfully, rightfully so. Uh, yeah, it was absolutely rightfully so. They prettied her up. I mean, that's the thing, and Robot Chicken had a thing of the meeting of all the Disney princesses. Then they're all like, you know, Snow White, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty, and all that. And in comes uh, Merida. She, like, kicks the door open. You know, she's scratching her armpits. She's farting. She's, like, you know, just chewing, spitting out apples and stuff like that. And I mean, Merida's a bear. <laughs> the trail is very misleading. <laughs> but it's, it, yeah, they, they totally missed the point on the character. Now, all in all, I think this is a beautiful movie. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. This is this is a really good movie. Now, whether or not it's a good Pixar movie is your interpretation. No, it's it's a Disney movie. It's like it's the most Disney movie Pixar has made. Right. I like the Wisps. I love the Wisps. The wisps are beautiful. I love the Witch. The Witch was a lot of fun. Mm. <laughs> but also, they're obsessed Witch. The um, the Scottish Lords. I thought that was first of all some brilliant casting in there, yes. especially with um. Was it Kevin Conroy? Really? He played... Um, oh. No, what's his name? He he was on Rome. Okay. Oh, IMDb, everybody. Um, yeah, he was... Oh, God, this is going to drive me nuts now. He was both the, the Lord and the Son. Brave. I got it right here. Hold on a second. Um, who's the first one to get it? God bless us for all... Oh, Kevin McKidd. Okay. Was Lord McGuffin and Young McGuffin. And he was... It was like the first time in forever he'd been allowed to use his, his actual Scottish accent. And he made it unintelligible for both characters. <laughs> Since you're seeing it and I wasn't able to see it myself, I'm going to hit the award for it, though. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, that's, that's the whole point of a Scottish accent. Right. Well, they, when they hired the woman to do the voice of the science chicken... In Chicken Run, they're like, no, 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 don't try to talk better English. Go full out with your Come Scottish. Kevin go full out with your Scottish accent. And so she just went for it. Yep, yep. Uh, Brave has the um, distinction of being the first full-length animated movie to um, win an Oscar where the director was uh, female. Really? Yes. She was fired off. A, she was fired halfway through production. That's interesting. But yeah, no. Um, she was the first, she is the very first woman to win an Oscar for full for feature length animation. Uh, that is Breda Chapman. Did you see? Did you see who the voice of the witch was? Uh, yes, Julie Walters. Oh, yeah. Billy Connolly is. Billy Con. Oh yeah, Billy Connolly. He. If you need a thick Scottish accent, <laughs> he's your man. Do you see some of the actors in this thing? Oh yeah, like Craig Ferguson. And uh, Robbie Coltrane. It, 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 yeah, it's like everybody from the, the Scottish Shakespeare Company or something. Exactly. <laughs> and then you know, a bunch of guys like, I didn't know they were Scottish. I didn't know they were Scottish. And, of course, Emma Thompson. And, of course, well, Emma Thompson. Being as fantastic as Emma Thompson. Oh, she is awesome. She is awesome. Um, I, I just really, I really enjoy this movie. I kind of wish it was ranked higher, but yeah, I, I kind of get where people are coming from with it. I enjoy it, but like I said, it's it's just so damn predictable. 
Yeah, and, I mean, you we, know, you know about the happy ending. Well, no, I mean, I mean, as soon as the witch shows shows that little uh, emblem, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know where this is going. I know exactly yeah. what's going to happen. You can stop right now, and yeah. then they just go. Yeah. But I did like, I did like some of the stuff where the mother starts slipping just into the bear. Yeah. And that was actually, I'm ge- my daughter was genuinely terrified by some of that stuff. Yeah, some Sophia of it, was, Sophia some was too. Creepy, yeah. yeah, every time you've seen your mother lose her temper. Oh, yeah. Then, and, like, break things. But then you had the little brothers. I mean, come on, you could. how could you not love the little brothers? <laughs> so the triplets are great. In fact, that was, my daughter went as Princess Merida this year. We really thought of getting Jamie a bear costume. <laughs> yeah, the brothers were adorable. The, yeah, the brothers were adorable. I think this is also the first Pixar movie with butts. Yeah, there are a lot of butts in this movie. I just love it when Meredith's you know, like locked in the room. She peeks out and sees the kids like, "Boys, go get it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's that great scene too where uh, the father, you know, is telling the story again of uh, how Mordu took his leg, and there's like one kid just like draw, you know, and yeah. like, drag his finger across his eye. And <laughs> It is a, if you haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a while, I do recommend revisiting. Yeah, it is. It's a very good. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. All right. Trigger warning. Yep. Yep. If you if you have issues with your your, your mother, your please don't watch it or you know hug afterwards or go out for drinks. You're adults, right? <laughs> just, uh, not, just not hard Scottish looking. I, mean, I would hope if you're listening to us, you're an adult, but yeah. Otherwise, you're a really terrible parent, and we thank you for that. <laughs> All right, uh, number, we're going to break it into the top ten here, which is, you know, kind of, it would be more impressive if it weren't for the fact that we're counting down 15 movies. Yeah. yeah. Number ten, Toy Story 2. Surrender, Buzz Lightyear. I have won. I'll never give in. You killed my father. No, Buzz. I am your father. No! Yeah, I'd see, I can see it. You know what the funny thing with this movie is, is that for as good as it is, when you compare it to the other two Toy Story movies, it is not reasonably mean, unspectacular. It is. It it felt like filler to me. Now you know that this was originally going to be one of their direct to DVD. Yeah. No, you're right. It has that feeling of a direct to DVD. And that was the plan. And then they were like, "No, it's better. We can put it in theaters." You know what? You know what? Thinking about it, because it was the first time that they'd made a sequel in forever, and it went to theaters. You know what? It's when you think about it. This was planes before planes happened. No. 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 In terms of a better story, but I think in terms of like. It, it had that kind of direct to DVD feel. Like you were like, this is there should be more to this. I don't feel like there's there's enough. Of, you know, it, it didn't feel like it, was, it wasn't very fulfilling for me. Right. I don't know. I mean, story wise, it, I mean, it may not have been spectacular, but neither neither was the first Toy Story. Right. Now here's what uh, Steve mentioned. Some accused Toy Story two of ripping off Follow That Bird, but its real crime was marking. Making uh, white middle-class baby boomers remember how great they had it while their parents inflict the social injustice they protested against a decade later. Um, yeah, yeah. This movie, it, it does. It has all the like the story markings of a directed video right. launch. And I guess what ended up happening was they loved the story so much. They're like, "This is too good. We're gonna put it in theaters." But the dog. Yeah. The dog, they actually invested more money in to make it look real, and it looked like middle shelf animation. Not, not like that good top shelf Pixar animation. Right. 
I, I will I will forever love the scenes with Zerg, though. Oh, the, the scenes with Zerg were great. Again, don't get me wrong. This is a very good movie. In <laughs> fact, one of the best Pixar scenes is in this movie. The uh, When She Loved Me stuff with Jesse. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. If you didn't e- just get, like, yeah. just even a little teary or welled up, fuck you. You're an awful human being. You have yeah. no soul. And um, what, what's that theory? Oh, yes. The theory is that Jesse's original owner was Andy's mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read that, yeah. If you think about it, when they show the flashbacks, it's kind of time appropriate. Yeah. And they do look similar. What, Jesse and... Uh, no, no, no. no the, 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 oh, the little girl, yeah. little girl. So that is... Because they're it, really good at making distinctive humans in Pixar. Oh, especially... Oh, God. Especially <laughs> at this time. Especially in 1999. Right. Oh, yeah, because Sid looks like every other human, right? No one. No, no one looks. There like are. That. I mean, if if you run down this list here, I mean, really, there aren't a whole lot of good-looking human being characters that weren't already like just actors filmed in front of a green screen, like Fred Willard and uh and Wally. Actually, yeah. I mean, come to think of it, look. I mean, if you look at this list, every character is a every human being is a caricature of. The worst uh, uh, impulse, the worst the accept- aspect. You know what, actually, with the Except exception... Inside Out. Inside, I was just going to say, yeah, Riley's parents look great. Yeah. For computer-rendered yeah. human beings. Well, because Inside Out... Well, we'll, inside we'll, get, out to, we'll get to Inside Out later. Yeah. Yeah. Toy Story 2, which is the movie we're talking about right now, does fill in a lot of those, like, those toy collector nerd stereotypes, though. Mm-hmm. The mint in package, and... Yeah. I gotta say, it was a, the, the the scene where they're restoring Woody is actually is a really nice yeah. scene. And they actually they were originally going to have the collector do it, but then they realized that really wasn't in his personality. So they he'd bring in somebody, and they're like, ah, and they grabbed the model from one of the shorts and brought him in to do the uh, right, yeah, from Gerald's game, which was the short in front of um, Bugs Life. Yep. And that, if you look in his little toolbox, is a chess piece. Ooh. Yeah. I would go back and watch this, but my mother borrowed the uh, my, my Toy Stories 1 and 2 DVDs years ago for my nephew and never gave them back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I have to upgrade to Blu-ray right now. It's, it's kind of funny you mentioned that Toy Story 2 uh, plays on every stereotype about toy collectors. Have you seen the new uh, Mac... Uh, Kraft mac and cheese commercial for Star Wars. No, there's a little boy, a little a father. Oh, what? Oh, okay, he, he I'm thinking the Campbell Soup one. No, he takes his he takes his son into his collector's room of all Star Wars. Toys, yeah, and they're all in the packages and everything, and the, and the son's picking it up and he's like, so you don't take them out? No, they're they're collectibles. And he's putting them back in the shelf and then he take he's got the the Kraft mac and cheese. Does mom know you have a box boxes of mac and cheese up here? No, because they're collectibles. And the son looks at that. So you got toys that you can't play with and mac and cheese that you can't eat. Yeah. This is a room of lies. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yep, yep, that that explains it. (laughs) Just getting off the subject, you know, and going on with Joe's saying right now, everything that, essentially everything we're eating right now may as well just be branded with Star Wars. The wild turkey that Joe and I are drinking right now may as well just be branded with fucking uh, you know, Kylo <laughs> Ren at this point. You know, General Tarkin, Special Reserve. Exactly. 
Oh, sorry, Grand Moff Tarkin. Have you seen the Campbell soup ads? Yes. Those are a million moms march away from happening at this point. Man, <laughs> man, man. I know that. I, just, I was like, I was watching it like, Campbell's is doing a two dads ad. Yeah. Holy shit, that's hilarious and awesome. <laughs> and everybody lost their shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like the American Girls that the American Girl catalog, yeah. which fortunately we don't buy because those things are soulless and evil. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Thanks, Nani. Yep. Oh. Oh, I see. I see where you're going with that. <laughs> All right, moving on. Number nine, Toy Story 3. So, who's ready for Ken's Dream Tour? Let's show our new friends where they'll be staying. Uh, folks, if you want to step right this way. I'm Ken. Barbie, have we ever met? Uh-uh. I would have remembered. <laughs> Love your leg warmers. Nice ascot. Come on, Ken. Recess don't last forever. Didn't we have the same type of conversation with Iron Man's 2 and 3? Were they, like, yeah. right next to each other? I had it on my list. I had it I had it high. I had it number six on my list. I had it number four. Uh, I had it number eight, actually. I, it, I think it was the best of the Toy Stories. I, oh, spend, I, I have it at number one. I spend the last 15 movie, minutes of that movie every time I watch it crying. Holy shit. The first time I saw it, we watched it on Netflix. And Autumn's looking at me like, are you crying? I'm like, yes! <laughs> yes, I'm crying! They're going... You, you could to somebody... Else! Not before that. A spoiler alert. Yeah, yep. they're going. They're going into the incinerator, and they turn like, "Bud, what are we gonna do?" And he just reaches out to hold the hands. No, it's That's Jesse. It's no, Je Jesse that initiates. No, that. no, Jesse goes, "Buzz, what are we gonna do?" Oh, and yeah. he holds his hand out to her because he has no better plan. He's like, "Let's just all be together for this." And, and oh my and, god! And they all, oh, they all touch it, and I was sitting there, and I'm crying, and I'm like, "I know what's gonna happen. I know what's gonna happen because oh, those green guys got away. They're gonna get the claw." <laughs> Yeah, I was like, there's, cry there's tears of joy. I mean, out of yeah. all of these movies, this one I think hit me the hardest. Yeah, I, yeah, I, agree. This, I, agree. I mean, I will always, I will always. My main complaint about any Pixar movie is I always say they're so emotionally manipulative. But in this one, it was, it was, it was earned. It was earned. It was like, oh my god, yeah. yes, you have my heart. Just, this will. What I liked about this one is that actually it didn't play fast and loose with the timeline. No. No. Andy is a Andy is voiced by the same actor. Well, that was one of the things they were like, "Can we get him? Is it going to work?" They called. They heard his answering machine message, and they're like, "He's perfect. <laughs> he's got his his voice is just perfectly you, right for it." But you're right, when Andy, when when he's giving his toys away to that little girl, who mm. needs it, you're like. Oh my god, that's... Oh. And when he had difficulty giving... I'm like getting carried about this right now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, he's just he's looking at Woody and And then he goes and plays with them with her and it's like... Oh, one last, one last, one last, last time. It's like, and yeah, and this is why. I'm crying again. That's, oh my why, god. that's why this is my number one yeah. movie, is because Toy Story 3 does it to me every single time. I know what's going on. You're losing it right now. So are you. I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason I put it number... It is, this is my favorite of all the Toy Story movies, mainly because it is... I mean, the story is just... I mean, with, with like one and two, the stories are kind of vanilla. 
because they were they're very safe. They're, they're very safe stories. Yeah. Taking the risk with all the animation. Right. This one, they, they had took, the animation down, so they took the risk with, with the, the story, story, and they made the most emotionally impactful story I've ever seen in an animated. Film. It was because it, here's the thing: they flirted with it in Toy Story two. Yeah. You know, they flirted with what happens when Andy grows up. Yeah. And that's why it's so alluring to to Woody. To go to Japan and just be, be stared at. Yeah. Right. And now it's like, it's happened. And what is their, their their original course of response was, you know, we'll go up in the attic, we'll play with the Christmas toys. Those guys are a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing. Now, here's what I, I actually genuinely like about this is that with the new kid, whose name I can't remember. Bonnie. Bonnie. They've actually moved on from that and I mean they've got like the like all seasonal the, ABC all specials all the new shorts are with her now instead of yep. Andy right but there was one that was done in front of uh, the Muppet the 2011 Muppet movie where they're at a fast food restaurant yeah and Buzz gets lost in the and the toy ball the thing and he ends up in the basement with all these cast off Happy Meal toys yeah <laughs> and they're all intentionally cheap one note toys, and it's one of the most brilliant fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And they, and they, he gets replaced by the, ti- his, the tiny, the tiny little him. buzz, yeah, the tiny cheap buzz. <laughs> he tries to pretend that he's hit that he's buzz, yeah. And the other toys actually start to believe that yeah. he's buzz. <laughs> Playtime's coming super soon. Do-da, Guys, do-da, I'm telling you, this is the real Buzz. Oh, playtime day. Rat, he's like three inches tall. Yeah, but he's a pretty good ice dancer. Well, I'm going to go find out what happened to our friend. It is. It was a brilliant thing. But I'm glad that the gateway to that isn't more of the same. You know right. what? Kudos, kudos to like you know Tim Allen and... Uh, and um, Tom Hanks that they keep coming back for these. I think they. I, I think, think Tom enjoy. Hanks has a ball doing them, and I think it's part of Tim Allen's plea agreement. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also you know they they have a lot of fun. The, the people that work at Pixar and do the voices for anything, anybody that gets brought on board says they have a great time. So I think they get treated really well. Yeah. You know they're not. You know they have decent working conditions. So right. They're so also the other thing too is that they're 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 given a lot of freedom. Yeah. I think more so than most animation houses yeah. do. Yeah. Um, so, and with them too, and I was talking to Autumn with this, it doesn't feel like stunt casting. No. No. When you're doing um, a Pixar movie, it, you, your name isn't above the title. The right. title, Pixar, is above the title because Pixar is what sells these movies. Right. But like, and I'm going to go back to that shitty Shark's Tale movie because really, that is the measuring stick for everybody else's really shitty and top shelf animation. Yeah. Jack Black, Robert De Niro. Will Smith. Renee Zellweger, Angelia Jolie, and Martin Scorsese as a blowfish. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. right. When they use the the actors to sell the movie. Right. Yeah. With Pixar, you you know you're going to see a Pixar movie, and then the adults are like, "Hey, cool! I'm gonna get." You that. recognize the voices. Yeah. And then you're like, "Who is that? Who is that? Who is that?" Like, actually, it's not a, it's not a Pixar movie. It's a Disney movie. But when I saw Big Hero Six, yeah. the professor, I'm like, "Who is that? Who is it?" Like, finally, James Cromwell. Fuck! I knew that. <laughs> I knew that voice. I hate when that happens. I gotta say, my favorite part of Toy Story three, absolute favorite, Spanish Buzz. Oh my god, that is brilliant. Buzz was hilarious. So reset your Buzz Lightyear. Insert paperclip. Use your finger. Okay, now what? Uh, all right, let's see. Caution: Do not hold button for more than five seconds. It's not my fault. <laughs> 
Bitácora espacial. Me he despertado del hipersueño en un planeta extraño. Estoy rodeado por criaturas extrañas y desconozco sus intenciones. And I, if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, they got the guy that does the voice for the, the, yeah, the Spanish voice. dub. He does the, the Spanish dub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he he is Spanish Buzz, and, and they're like Tim Allen wanted to do Spanish Buzz, and we realized that Tim Allen speaks really good English. But it was <laughs> because his whole personality changed. Mm. He became like this suave, like flamenco dancing. Oh, oh yeah, it was awesome. When he does like the flamenco dance with the Jesse. Like, you know another brilliant part of that movie was the Barbie and Ken stuff. Oh, that Michael, was Michael Keaton, Keaton as Ken is awesome. Batman as Ken. Yeah, <laughs> and I remember reading that like it was one of those things like there was this Showcase Cinema gave us like this program of upcoming movies and like it was like almost like those old cable guides where they yeah. give you like yeah. a, a sneak yeah. peek of stuff. And, um, you know, there was, like, the whole thing about Alice in Wonderland, like, Toy Story 3. Michael, oh, I was like, what, what's Michael Keaton been up to? Oh, he's playing Ken. <laughs> <laughs> and this looks brilliant. <laughs> you know what? He actually, and to expound further, Michael Keaton as Ken, he did an awesome job in the short, the Barbie and Ken short. Yes. They, uh, their honeymoon. Yeah. That was, he did such an awesome job in that. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's. It is a great movie. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't own this one, and that might be. I might just. It might necessitate have just do the blue the Blu-ray three pack. Yeah, I, I've got that. I should get that. Um, Christmas is coming. True, and I have kids, so I can make the excuse to just throw it in, in their stock. Santa bought it for you. I'm gonna watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. You don't want them to have a PlayStation Four, honey. That's what, that's what I'm gonna do with Disney Infinity. <laughs> Yeah. Infinity 3.0. Infinity 3.0. Hey, how much money do you have on you? No, seriously, how much money do you have on you right now? No, I see a couple more pills in there. Come on, cough it up. All right. You don't have one solo yet. Come on. Oh, you want the Kylo Ren figure? Exactly. How much is it? How much you got? All right. Number nine. Number eight. Ratatouille. Oh, I brought you something to... Ah! No, 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 no! Spit that out right now! <sighs> I have got to teach you about food. Close your eyes. Now, take a bite of this. No, no, no! Don't just hork it down! <laughs> uh, this was my number three. Number six. Joe? This one was my number thirteen. I had it at 12, and again, it's because I liked it, but it wasn't good enough to go... I, I'm, with, I'm with Catherine. I liked it. It was kind of meh for me. It was... It, it, it was forget, For me, it was forgettable. See, I... For me, this, this falls into a trilogy of movies that, ha, from the Pixar put out, that had they been shot live action, they would have never been made in America. They would have been made, like, in France or somewhere in Europe. Well, obviously, this would have been made in France. Well, yeah. But essentially, this is... And I use this term a lot... parody of France. <laughs> I use this term a lot, Mike, when we, were, when we first started the show, with the... These are the discovery of self-movies. Mm -hmm. And this was essentially about a rat that just really wanted to cook and couldn't figure out how to do it in a human world. I mean, Pat, people Pat, Oswalt. <laughs> Pat Mel Oswalt did a great job. For, for essentially a non-actor, yeah. at that point, was a non-actor and did a yeah, fantastic was, yeah. job with this. Yeah. But overall, I just, I, I don't know, it, 
Yeah, never was, really struck a chord with me. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't it know. Does it, just... Yeah, it does. Maybe I should watch it again now that I've gotten into cooking. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a it's good. This is Brad Bird. Yeah, it's this Brad Bird. This is his follow-up. Yeah, surprising. Yeah. Um, this is another movie where, again, the acting doesn't take over. I mean, the, the stars don't take over the entire movie. I mean, you've got Patton Oswalt, you've got Brian Dennehy, you've got Janine Garofalo, which, God bless you if you actually knew that was her without looking at the credits first. Wow. Uh, no, 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 I, I didn't realize that was I her. I couldn't no. identify which role John Ratzenberger was in, because he was in this. Um, I love, I, okay, the end of Cars, where they made fun of the whole John Ratzenberger thing, yeah. was funny. Wait a minute here. They're just using the same actor over and over. What kind of a cut-rate production is this? That was funny. <laughs> um, he was uh, Mustafa Gusto's head waiter. Right. Okay. Okay, and um, well, Peter O'Toole as Antoine oh, Ego. Oh, yes. That was brilliant. How not only was it brilliant how the character was portrayed, but when he had his come to Jesus moment yeah. at the very end of the movie, yeah. when he takes that one bite of the ratatouille, and they just they just go right but through his eye into, into his, his childhood. childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was brilliant. The way it worked was brilliant. I thought, I mean, yeah, the the ending tied up a little too neatly, but again, this now here's the thing too. This was the this essentially this movie was the makeup sex after Cars came out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I I am kind of being dead serious about it. It's wow. kind of like Brave after Cars two came out. It was like the makeup sex. Yeah. It was just the. Yeah, I'm you know sorry. what? We're, you know, we won't do that again. We're really going to do it again. <laughs> That's interesting. What's that? There's an Indiana Jones re- uh, connection in this. And that is? No, well, not not direct Indiana Jones, but Remy was named after uh, director Brad Bird's dog. Remy. Oh! Um, oh, God. What's that character's name? Remy. Yeah, Remy. Um, the Rat. Yeah, no, no, no. I know I know Remy the Rat. The, Remy from... Um, Indiana Jones. What was the character's like no, last in- name? Indiana was named after the dog. Oh, Indy. Oh, yeah. Remy was named oh, okay. after the dog. Yeah, because I, I, oh, I thought that what's his name? Um, his first name is Remy. Oh, no. I know what you're talking about. Once again, there's nothing you can possess that I cannot take away. Oh, oh. Uh, Belloc. Belloc. I think Belloc. his first name is Remy. No, it's Rene. Rene. Yeah, he's Rene, Rene. Belloc. All apologies to the, the poor suffering people of France right now, but I can't tell the difference. <laughs> Between an M and an N, an R-E-M-Y and an R-E-N-E-E? Melissa's and Michelle's. Moving on! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> also, the, by the way, this is one of the first movies I really recognize the, the scoring genius that is Michael Giacchino. For me, it was Up. We really have an... Yeah, I love Up. But we really haven't talked too much about the um, the music in these movies. Well, hey, I mean, uh, well, I mean, we haven't gotten to Toy Story one yet, but you got a friend me that was uh, Randy Oscar. Newman. Yeah, it was an Oscar nominee, not a winner. And I'm sorry, but when I when I watched watched uh, a Bug's Life, yeah. and they got to that final song, I'm like, wow. Well, little bug, little bug. I'm like, well, this is Randy Newman. I really don't like Randy Newman. Yeah. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing about Pixar movies, now that we're kind of talking about the music a little bit. With the exception of Brave, all of these movies were scored by three people. Michael Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Randy Newman. Michael Giacchino. And Thomas Newman. 
Oh. Now, I'm just going down the list real quick. So I don't actually think that uh, Thomas Newman did has done any music of any of the movies we've talked about yet. No, he hasn't. Yeah. So. Okay. Anywho. Anywho. But, yeah. All right. So, shall we move on to number seven? Yeah, okay. Number seven. Inside Out. Hey, I saw a pizza place down the street. Maybe we could try that. Pizza sounds delicious. Pizza? pizza. Yes, pizza. <laughs> That's good. What the heck is that? Who puts broccoli on pizza? That's it. I'm done. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. First the Hawaiians, and now you. I am shocked that this was not higher. Where was this on your list, Joe? Number one. Mike. I think it was number three for me. I had put it at six just based on people's comments. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, it's brilliant. It, I, it, was, it was my number two. However, you if know, you, you guys were saying that it's brilliant and I hated Brave, then maybe I'll well, no, you know what? it lower. <laughs> you know what? You, you talk about the reaction you, you guys had for Toy Story 3. The rea- that is the reaction I got for Inside Out. I can't... I, I, again, it's the yeah, same yeah, type of reaction, it, though. It's because... You know, you you and I you and I have both have daughters who are growing up. Yep. We know, and it's like it hit me in a spot. I mean, it's like, God damn you, Pixar! You just played with my emotions and just. I mean, I was I was an emotional. It is like, a it is an emotional gut punch. But if you so have children, so, it is so especially good. if you have children or you have young nieces and nephews, <coughs> it is she, my my sister in law who doesn't have any children, but you know. Scarlett and James are her only niece and nephew. She was crying. When, sad, when, when sadness comes and puts her in... When she, brings, when she brings joy over to yeah. the console, and she's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. When Bing Bong oh, sacrificed oh, himself. And joy kind of sprung it for Yeah, her. sorry. Yeah, oh, that's God. okay. It's, it's my fault. Just not getting uh, it. It was... It is hard. Thing is, when, when I mean, when you first introduce the Bing Bong, you think, "Oh, this guy's got kind of suspicious and all that." Yeah. But uh, oh wow! It's like I was hoping I was going to get that King Candy vibe, you know, from yeah. him. But oh, the entire movie. Hey, first of all, Richard, Richard, um, the voice of Bing Bong. Oh, um, Richard Kind. Richard yeah, he was also uh, you know, on the. He was Molt in Bugs Life. Yeah. But I mean, just and. It's, and the thing is, it I, my daughter watched it, and it was so useful to her because it's like, and I, I don't want I'm trying to say do it in such a way that it doesn't spoil it for Catherine, but basically it's it's it, it's a fight between joy and sadness, the two main kind of okay, antagonists, a, fight, but a conflict, yeah, and, and the realization that tablet. all your emotions make up who you are. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And um, yeah, if you've ever seen the honest trailer for it, there are some, um, you know, they, they missed a lot of emotions on there. Yeah, envy. Uh, yeah, envy. Uh, yeah, ennui. ennui. Actually, if you've watched the, if you've watched the Blu-ray yet, and they they like go over all the different type of um, what do you call it? All the different types of um, yeah, if you characters. Can, if you combine emotions. I'm just I'm offering Catherine my uh, digital copy. Oh, okay. But well, we'll I, do that afterwards because I need you online to do that. I, I gotta say though, I mean, there are some really, I mean, it, it's it is. I would go so far as saying this is not a kid's movie because I mean, like when they walked into like that, that area with like the two dimensional and like a just abstract thought, I'm like, wow. I mean, 
kids are not going to understand. They're not going to understand it, but it's not going to scare them either. No. It's it's. But I think I think the overall themes that the movie's trying to portray, I think kids will understand yes, and they'll yes. get. Because right. a lot of the emotion, little kids, at you know, like my daughter at seven, has a hard time understanding her emotions and kind of kind of controlling and knowing how to deal with them. Right. And this movie went a long way, kind of to show her that. It's okay. It's you know. It's all part of who you are and what you're you're growing up and stuff like that. So, no, absolutely. So, and that's and then as you know, as a father, oh. like, you're watching it, he's like, oh my god, no, why? Oh, yeah. It's it is re- it is a it, it's a tough watch because watching it a second time, and I will admit, a, the, the second time I watched it, I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked it the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, watching even like the the bonus stuff. Oh, Riley's first date. Riley's first date was brilliant. I, I gotta say, my favorite emotion is, is disgust. Yeah. <laughs> Anger. I love... Just because I'm a huge fan of Lewis Black. I love Lewis Black, too. But you know what the interesting thing with disgust was? Is that when you look at the, the, the animation test for her... Yeah. It was more of her getting grossed out and wanting to vomit. Whereas, yeah. when they do... Um, when when, when Mindy Kaling. Kaling's actually doing it, she's more like a mean girl. And like that's part of typical mean girl, not like an actual which mean I, girl. I think it fits though. I mean, if you, if if I mean, if I remember high school, you know, junior high school and high school correctly, the mean girls were always disgusted by something you did. Right. Um, exactly. Right. Well, I mean, just look at um, my favorite part of uh, Riley's first date. So, what's the dealio with Jordan? OMG, he is awesome sauce. Bo sheezy. Did she just say bo-sheezy? I don't understand. What's happening? Ugh, this is just embarrassing. I can't. I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> she walks away. And then, I mean, and then the first time she meets the boy at the end of the movie. Oh, yeah. He's inside his head. He's just freaking out. I'm like, girl, girl, girl. girl, girl, girl. girl. All your lines are going up. I'm like, yep, that was me when I was 12. <laughs> well, the other thing with that, too, is the at the very end, the stuff with the dogs. Oh, oh Yeah. <laughs> And the cat. And the cats. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the bus driver. I smell food. The man has food. Get the man. <laughs> and then the dog and cats just are completely ambivalent to everything. And of course, the bus driver. All right, it's right. all their all anger. <laughs> uh, right, but, but, just, just, just a few, just a few more days, and we'll get through. Oh yeah. Triple it, go. It, no! <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just all like simultaneously bursting into flames. It is it, seriously. And now this is the newest one. This is the 15th Pixar release. And I will say, first of all, this is this is the uh, this is automatically this is your best animated feature unless they pull a Lego Movie and just forget to nominate it. I still don't get why they didn't nominate Lego Movie. Hey, you know what? It was like Argo. Everyone thought they were going to nominate it, so they didn't bother to nominate it. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's going back to the score. This the Michael Giacchino score for this is the best score I've heard in years. Yeah, it's a very good score. I actually I put it on my Spotify list. I love it so much. Mm. So uh, moving on now, number six, Monsters Inc. Because I got to tell you, buddy, that face of hers, it just makes my heart go... Hello, Wazowski. Fun-filled evening planned for tonight? Well, as a matter of fact... And I'm sure you filed your paperwork correctly. For once. Your stunned silence is very reassuring. I had this at number ten. I had it at number three. Number seven. 
four. Our coworker Allie has it as her state number one. I remember. And she was like, I am I am Boo. And I'm like, I totally see that now. Yeah, you totally are. You are totally Boo. Um, I, you know, before before um, Inside Out came out, Monsters, Inc. was that emotional movie for me. Oh, yeah? Just because Boo. I mean, how could you not fall in love with her? I, I like it more now that I'm a parent than when it first came out. Because... Well, I mean, I love I love this movie so much that my nickname for Sophia is Boo. Oh, that's cute. You know, because you know, it's just it's like this little girl who's just like just completely turns these monsters' world upside yeah. down. And it's like, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, it's it is a good movie. Yeah, it, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not it didn't really blow me away or anything like that. I think the thing with this movie is that it, Pixar was still kind. Of, this is the fourth Pixar movie, yeah. and they're still kind of getting there. They're still Kind of just getting their their story straight. I mean, yeah. this this reeks of stunt casting. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Bill, Billy Crystal. I mean, John. At this point, this is all John Goodman was doing was Disney and Pixar movies. I think honestly, I think John Goodman was a better cast um, right. voice than Billy Crystal. Yeah, I, I don't know. Steve Buscemi was Steve Buscemi. Really, he was awesome. And um 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 James Coburn. Yes. I, I don't know. For me. I mean, yeah, you got Mike, you got Sully, and you got Boo. My favorite character in this one, Roz. Uh, Where's your paperwork, Wazowski? Hey, was that Joe Ramped? I no, he's I, he, he. I believe he's one of the Pixar play, the, that that's one of the Pixar players. No, and I gotta look. This he, one up. Yeah, okay, because he Joe Ramped was one of the story guys, um, and he he would just oh, he was the guy who was filling in for voices. He was the fir- I think the first one to actually start filling in for voices. Now, still, I like every every a- every director gives themselves like one tiny little role. Mm. Like I think um, I want to say in Inside Out, Dad's anger is done by Pete Doctor. Bob Peterson. Bob Peterson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, somebody that was Some working dude. on it, and and they they had him do the temp tracks and decided that he was too funny to get rid of. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Bob Peterson actually directed Up, and he also voiced Doug. Oh, he did? Okay. Really? Well, he didn't direct Up. Uh, Pete Doctor directed Up. He must have been one of, like, the assistants. He made his directorial debut on Up. Okay. In which he also... Because Pete Doctor is given credit for Up. Because Pete yeah. Doctor directed uh, Monsters, Inc. and Inside Out. Screenplay by Bob Peterson. Story by Barb Peterson. I, I guess... You mean Wikipedia lied to me? Yes, they did. Those bastards. Bitches. Bitches, man. <laughs> um, I got really excited for this movie when I saw the first trailer on my, you know, now at my mother's house, uh, Toy Story. Because <laughs> they, they were advertising for it, and there was this one great bit where um, both Mike and Sully come, come into some kid's room, and it's the wrong room. Yeah. And he's um, like, how could you have missed this? Like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I read the, read the map wrong with my one eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, you know, in the end, when they've, they've managed to find every bit of the chipper shredder door. Yeah. And then he opens the door. That. Kidding. When he says goodbye to Boo, that. <laughs> now is a dad. Yeah. It's really tough to take. And then the glassy thing you hear is kitty, mm. kitty. Yeah, and you're like, oh, oh. right in the feels. 
And and part of what sells the kitty is just the look on Sully's face, which has nothing to do with the voice actor. Oh yeah, no, just the animation. You know, you said this is their fourth movie, but they were really pushing their technology because this was the real first movie where you could see the The fur. fur. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever see the the Blu-ray or DVD, the extras where they did the animation test for the fur, where they were working on it and the hair just shoots out. It was. I mean, it, that took a lot of work for them to get that right. All right. I just want to say right now, if you buy these DVDs and or Blu-rays <coughs> and you don't buy the full deluxe d- editions where you're looking at how hard they worked on these yeah. movies, go to hell. <laughs> because you have to uh, you have to appreciate the work that goes... These are not easy movies. Yeah, it's no, it, you, it's no wonder these things take three to four years to produce. Yeah, right. There's a reason they do one a year, although this year... They got two, two. but mainly because, because they skipped last year. Yeah, because Good Dinosaur two. was supposed to come out last yeah, year. Yeah, even though even though it looks like you know, yeah, they're getting two. It's like, well, they've been working on these since it's, 2012. Yeah, you know, yeah. 2011, 2012. And when did they so start working like, on Toy Story one? Oh, 91, that was like what, 89? five years. It was yeah. like 89-90 90 when they started working on it. And it, yeah, it came out 95, 96, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, because they didn't have the computing power that they have now, so yeah. it's like. All right. Should we move on to our top five here? Yeah. All right. Number five. The second animated movie, full-length animated movie to ever be nominated for Best Picture. That is Up. Did that dog just say hi there? Oh, yes. Bruh! My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! My master is good and smart. Yep, I have it as right, number five. I have it as yep. my number five. My number five. Yep. You too? Yep. Jesus. All right, consensus vote here. Nice. Wow. This movie. You guys want to talk about a movie that makes me cry every fucking time I see it? Oh the first God. 15 minutes. Oh, jeez. Is such an emotional roller coaster. It's become a meme of how good that scene is. Yeah. It was more like ten minutes. It was eight minutes. Yeah. Well, what happened? So when we watched it, Joe had been talking about Up. We hadn't seen it yet. I had I had not seen it. I didn't think I'd like it because I get stupid about Pixar movies that way. And so I hadn't gotten around to it yet. We, I'm like, oh, here it is on free, you know, free TV. It comes up. They go through the first sequence. They get to the end of it. I'm bawling my eyes out, and they go to a fucking commercial break. I was like, no way is this happening in this movie. And I went, and I dug in Comcast, and they had it on demand, and I'm like, here's my money. Show me the movie. What happens next? <laughs> Every fucking time. Every fucking yeah. Time. But, I mean, wow. I mean, talk about a sucker punch. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Right out of the gate, too. Yeah. What kind of a dick move is that? I mean, but, I mean, how... How good is a movie that in like ten minutes it makes you care that much? Here's, here's the rule: if you forget you're watching an animated movie, you're watching a great animated movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And made me feel like a dick of a husband now. Oh <laughs> my! Every time, every time I watch it now, I'm like, oh my god, I am such a I'm dick. A horrible, horrible, horrible husband. I I can't compete with this guy. Hey, I'm okay. There you go. <laughs> Oh my god! It's like <laughs> every the second she finds out she can't, can't have, have his, his oh. <laughs> and then they rebuild their life and everything is great. And, and then she, she gets sick and dies. dies. It's like no, you bastards! 
Yeah. yeah. I remember before I'd seen this, um, my cousin in law Mark had taken his daughter and like three of her friends to go see it. And he's like, Yeah, there's nothing quite like going sitting in a movie theater with a bunch of ten year olds oh, no. trying not, not to cry. cry. Yeah. Uh, the I, second when I first saw that I failed that test miserably. Oh my god. The second at, towards the end of the movie where Carl's like, you know, this is for you, Ellie. Oh, I, my wife, my oh. lost it. Mm. Yep, yep. Oh, when he leaves, when the house goes away, and he loses all oh. of those pictures and all of the everything that he ever, and I was like, no, your memories will fade. You need those pictures. What are you doing, you madman? Go back. And, I, I, and Joe was like, it's okay. He still has his memories. And I'm like, they don't matter. You need the pictures. And so after the movie, I was like, you're going to agree with me that he goes back afterwards and gets the photo album. <laughs> <laughs> Off screen. But, I mean, the fact that the house lands exactly where it's, it's supposed to. Yeah. That's a poetic ending, if I've ever seen. All right. Enough of the sad stuff now. Let's dog. talk about the awesome stuff. The dog. The dog. Squirrel. Oh, my God. The short with the dog and all the evil dogs was so hilarious. Wait here, and, dog. And, and I love the Doberman. It was supposed to be this uber-tough dog. And and he's got this little high squeaky voice. His voice box is broken, so he sounds like a chihuahua. <laughs> because, I mean, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, when I was living with my grandparents up in uh, Merrimack, we had a Doberman. It looked exactly like... Like Alpha. Like Alpha. And it was like, oh my god, that's my Brandy. <laughs> I, just, I just love it when they're on the, when they're on the, uh, the blimp. They're like, we love you conditionally. <laughs> And that's what I love, too. Their thoughts are phonetic. Yeah. Their thoughts are absolutely phonetic thoughts. <laughs> I just met you, and I love you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a very little to complain about this movie. The, honestly, the worst part about this movie is the antagonist of this movie. And it's uh, yeah. not even that Christopher bad. Christopher, yeah. I mean, watching two old men fight is that hilarious. Was <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was great too, because you think for a guy that old, who is apparently you know in, in peak physical condition, <laughs> to still have those types of issues is great. <laughs> yeah, this one I bought, I bought this on Blu-ray. Holy shit! God, what a good movie. Yeah. All right. Number four, Toy Story 1. I think you've had enough tea for today. Let's get you out of here, Buzz. Don't you get it? You see the hat? I am Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> Snap out of it, Buzz. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you're right. I am just a little depressed. That's all. I, I, I can get through this. I had this at 7. I had this at 11. 10. 7. Okay. And I, and I know it's kind of, it's the first one, and it was a lot of it new technology. Yeah, people, people and, have a lot of nostalgia for this But it, 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 it has aged badly. I think it's aged okay. I mean, in terms of storytelling, no, not at all. No. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a nostalgia factor to it. Here's the thing that I like in it, too. Um, if you guys have ever watched the AFI Top 100 lists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they haven't done them in forever, but a few years ago, they had done one where they essentially, what they were doing were, like, these micro-lists of, like, ten yeah. 
genre films. Yeah, and they had one for animated. And Toy Story was number 10. Solely because it was the first computer animated yeah. movie. The number one, by the way, was Snow White. Only because it was, it was the, the first, first right. animated movie. Which is horseshit. Yeah. Because if you watch that movie and then like... Yeah, no, they, they, they never improved upon that. No. Yeah. And... and yeah, it's it's just like you know somebody there, there's a story of somebody was doing the top nine at nine on WAF and yeah. they played Stairway as number one and they're like you never play Stairway as number one because it's always going to be, be number, number one. one right yeah uh, for Toy Story I yeah I love it but you know like I said before the biggest problem is that they, they were taking the risk with the animation. Doing something that had never been done before right it was so a very safe it was a very so safe story, story. It, had to, it, had to be, it had to be safe right. So, I mean, the story is kind of forgettable. To be honest. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like it. But yeah, three is my go-to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, well, three, you know, just as a fan of movies, is a better movie. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, you cannot deny the just what they did. But but without one, without Toy Story one, that would you know. Well, Toy Story one, we're not doing this show. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. Or we exactly. start with Bugs Life and went, you know. No, no, I don't think there would be a Bugs Life. No, not no. It, it's the perfect movie to do it. Um, let me see. Steve actually had something to say about this one too. He had a bunch of stuff to say about a whole bunch of other stuff, but a lot of it was just—it's not the incredible. It's not Incredibles too. Um, so Toy Story, telling Disney you want to adapt the Christmas toy into a feature using cool new tech that just made Steve Spielberg another billion was the easiest pitch meeting ever. Think about Toy Story though—it's not Incredibles too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Seriously, though, this is... You know, I, rem- I I distinctly remember going to see this when it came out, being very, very excited about it. And then when I worked for Suncoast, it came out on um, oh, no. video a year later. Yeah. And still, you know... Yeah, it's still a good movie. Yeah, I, I think it's a great movie. But... Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just compa- compared to what came after. Right. I, yeah. You know, and I, I guess that's its weakness, is that it was the first, it was testing out new technology, the focus was on the technology, so it kind of gets compared, you know, gets compared to what came afterwards, so it's really kind of not fair, but it is the reality of, you know, when yeah. you're talking about technology, that what comes after is always going to be better what came first. Right. Yeah. Right. But you always have to use the, the first one as the standard bearer. Right. 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 Uh, standard bearer, there's been worse. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, shall we move on to yep. number three? Yeah. We're in our top three now, everybody. We're almost done with this list. Holy crap. All right. Number three. The Increables. I started with the base. Started? Started. I cut it a little roomy for the free movement. The fabric is comfortable for sensitive skin. And it can also withstand a temperature of over 1,000 degrees. Completely bulletproof. And machine washable, darling. That's a new feature. What on earth do you think the baby will be doing? Well, I'm sure I don't know, darling. Luck favors the prepared. I had it at number two. I had it at number one. Number one. The Incredibles? Yeah. Number ten. Girl. So it's your fault! Actually, no. It's the, it's the, it's the late voters that, that went for our number one. So who, was it you that said there was the... Uh, it's the an actual Fantastic Four movie? No, an honest was, trailer had it, oh, like this. No, no I, I've seen memes like this. Yeah. Forest. It's like, don't say you can't make a good Fantastic Four movie, because it was all the Incredibles, then it was flawless. Yep. 
Yeah, no, it's it's good and it's fun, but I mean, there were there were things I liked better. No, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I had it, you know, in ten or five other movies I hated more. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about this movie is, you know, you know, like I was saying with uh, Inside Out, this is really not too much of a kids movie because, is I mean, it, I mean, hell, it's do, dealing with, um, you know, Bob Parr going going through a midlife crisis. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And. Yeah, like like a kid is gonna really understand that. Right. No, and here's the other thing too. When the mom when um the mom is sitting the kids by the campfire and saying, They will kill you. Yeah. yeah. They will not hold back because you're a child. They will kill you. Right. That is some harsh shit that's for a kid to have process. That's some real reality right there. Yeah. And now with all that said, this is a Fun movie. It is so great much movie. fun. The reason why this is my number one is because it is so much fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great action sequences. All the superhero tropes about the capes. This was a comic book movie. <laughs> oh, my God. This was a comic book movie before comic book movies were popular. Right. Yeah. yeah. No capes. No capes. <laughs> and then they show yeah, all they, these guys all the, who the guy getting sucked the into the jet engine. <laughs> The guy getting shot at the... <laughs> well, that was great, too. That was that was a great callback when uh, Syndrome is wearing a cape and... Yeah. And he <laughs> yeah. gets sucked into the air. No capes. Isn't that my decision? Do you remember Thunderhead? Tall, storm powers. Nice man. Good with the kids. Listen. November 15th the 58th. <laughs> All was well. Another day saved when his cape snagged on a missile pen. Thunderhead was not the brightest ball. Stratogale. April 23rd, 57. Cape caught in a jet turbine. You can't generalize about this. Melter Man, Express Elevator, Diner Guy, Snag on Takeoff, Splashdown, Sucked into a Vortex, No Kicks! Yep. Um, uh, but I mean, well, I mean, Edna. Oh, yeah, Edna Mole. E. Uh, as, a, as a member of the costuming community, I will tell you that E became very popular to make a costume of, do the voice, and they had her, like, emceeing our costume contest. That was Brad Bird, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 No one else could get the Japanese-German accent he was looking for, so he's like, I'll just do it myself. Yep. <laughs> he did a great job. Yeah. 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 Well, that is my he... super suit, woman! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why do you need your super suit? Not a woman! <laughs> Not only was that great, but there were some great pieces in the background of that movie where he's actually, like, splashing himself down with high karate. Yes. <laughs> Which is 70s black cologne for those people who are not in the know. I, I just love it how he's walking through. He's looking for all of his super suit, And outside the window, you see the big robot walking walk by. by. <laughs> Where's my super suit? And then, like, he hits the thing. And this whole, like, this complex thing up, and it's not there. <laughs> Why do you need it? Why would we get my super suit? Now, do you, do you guys ever watch the extras on the DVDs? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They, and the they, commentary tracks. And... Did, you, did you watch the thing? It was like this cartoon of Mr. Incredible and uh, Frozone from the, the, like, it looked like it was from the early 70s, and it was done clutch cargo style. Yes. With, like, the <laughs> yep. superimposed human mouths. Yeah. And oh, they're doing, yeah. like, an MSC commentary of it, both um, Craig T. Nelson and uh, Samuel yeah, Jackson, yeah. in their characters. And it's like, wow, this animation's terrible. Yeah. And then here comes Frozone, and he's like, wait a second, I'm white? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Well, I like I like getting to see the the clip that they did with Sarah Vowell to get her to do the voice. Oh yeah. Was they took a clip from an episode of This American Life and they animated it. <laughs> <laughs> Except they changed the way it was animated. Um, you know, they changed the story to make it like she finds a gun in the house as opposed to she and her father go off into the woods to fire off a mini cannon <laughs> that he's built because, you know, bored. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, the voice casting on that one was perfect. This perfect. was supposed to be a John Goodman role and it went to Craig T. Nelson. Oh, he, was per- he was perfect for it. I mean, he is. Holly Hunter. Oh, yeah. Jason Lee. As Syndrome. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah. And, I mean, like the whole, the whole pur- purpose behind Syndrome I thought was... It made sense. Yeah. This is what happens when you tell Robin to go home. Yeah. <laughs> when he's got good gadgets. But the names of some of the, 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 the oh, villains. The names. Yeah, bon Voyage. They apparently had a different name for him, and for some reason they couldn't clear it, so they came up with Bon Voyage, and I'm like... But it was perfect. It well, that's the, well, that's the thing was, I was like, your original name was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> bon Voyage is clearly the right name. Like, Gazer Beam. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, those, those names were excellent, the ones you see in the background and stuff. And I liked, they were like, are we going to, you know, have John Ratzenberger in it or not? Well, you know, we don't have to do that. We're a different Pixar movie. Then again, he is the lucky charm, and every Pixar movie's done really well when he's been in it. And make him the mole at the end. Oh, yeah, um, the Underminer. The Underminer, the underminer that's right. <laughs> we're totally not the mole man. <laughs> I swear, I swear, I still remember when I saw this in theater, when the end credits were rolling, like, wow, I hope they're paying Stan Lee royalties for this one. (laughs) Oh, God, oh, oh, and then some, and then some. But that actually worked really well as a callback to, you know, Fantastic Four, that the first villain was the moment. Yeah, yep. So yeah, oh, it is it is a fun. I haven't watched it in like. Forever. I gotta watch. It. I gotta watch it again. I mean, that was so much. It's fun. one I saw it on DVD. I haven't I haven't upgraded the Blu-ray I yet. I just put it on Blu-ray. Uh, oh, maybe like maybe four months ago. Is there anything actually. you want it, or is it is it worth the upgrade? Or I mean, we, we got it on dig- we got it on digital. So okay. Um, and again, this is this uh, this was the first uh, Pixar Giacchino score, which sounds like a Bond score. And yeah. it is the uh, first movie where they set up a uh, set, really set up a sequel that we are finally getting in about two or three years. Sure, we are. Long overdue. Oh, uh, so long overdue. Pardon me if I if I sound skeptical about this because by that point, you know. Um, you sound a little skeptical. Yeah, at this oh. point, Brave's going to get a sequel before Incredibles <laughs> will. Seriously, there have been two Cars movies and three Toy Story movies and two Monsters University movies. Monsters Inc. movies. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, shall we move on? Yeah, okay. All right, number two. I was actually shocked at this. That this, As much as I love this movie, and I believe I put this at number four on my list. This is my number two. Wally. I put it at number four. Two. This again the the discovery of self movies. I mean, what I love is that for like 
I would say seventy five percent of this movie. It's a, it's essentially a silent movie. It right. is. Yeah. And the fact that they can convey so much emotion without actually speaking a whole lot of words. I mean, this is this is goes to the brilliance of one Ben Burt. Yep. Yeah. The sound designer for Star Wars. Yep. He's the voice of Wall. He designed Essentially, the voice of Wall. This 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 entire movie belongs to Ben Burt and Thomas Newman. Yeah. The yeah. composer. Yeah, and the, the and, animators. And Give it to the animators. Okay. Again, this is yeah, like I said earlier. You forget this is an animated movie. Yeah, there's yeah. a point, especially when he's flying. He's the gra- You know, actually, when he and Eva are dancing in space. Yeah, I forgot it was an animated movie. Yeah, I was just so taken by the moment. Oh no! Oh, that first moment when he's when Wally is stuck to the outside of the ship and yep. he's flying through and he's like got his hand in the, uh, yeah, the yeah. rings of Saturn and stuff like that. Just like, wow. He's like, yeah, he's just discovering this whole new galaxy out there. It's like, wow. But I mean, I mean, for me, I, I'm just, I am shocked how emotionally invested I was in the relationship between two characters who really only said like maybe two words each. You're right, exactly. Wally and Eve are just are one of the best couples I've ever seen in cinema. <laughs> and just an aside, Wally is the basis of uh, BB-8's uh, voice. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. Yeah, they, yeah. Ben Ben Burt started with Wally as the BB-8. All oh. right, this is what Steve had to say about Wally. Nothing like Wally syllabic. Nothing like having kids beg for Christmas toys and Happy Meals based on an adorable robot that was the metaphor for the evils of consumerism. <laughs> it's true. It is it's true. true. I mean, for Disney to be like, you know what? Commercialism's bad, you see? <laughs> and now it's, it's bad. Commercialized. Yeah, exactly. Actually, out of, D- out of D23, they had like a life-size Wally that would actually move around. Oh, oh man. It was cute. And the these guys did a great job with the integration of actors yeah. in this movie. Fred Willard oh, yeah. being in the movie yeah. as Fred, really as Fred Willard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved it too, just the, the fallout from being, you know, being pampered for so long. Yeah. Yeah. People have just evolved into these the blobs. <laughs> yeah, I like the, uh, the, the evolution that they show and everything of the you know, oh the captains wasn't, wasn't yeah they're the progressively the getting fatter well it's also just like the bone you know the bones deteriorate from being in space and right like, wasn't Edie McClure one of the ones? yes yeah. Edie McClure and John Ratzenberger were the uh, uh, I love that uh, honey get ready to get some kids yeah we're gonna have some kids <laughs> oh it wasn't even honey because they had just met oh, yeah man. exactly and then the, the short with the the little welder robot Oh, oh yeah. that's that robot. robot. And he just gets so frustrated. Bernie. Bernie. He just gets so frustrated at the end. He's just like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> With a little cleaner robot, too. Yeah. They just get following around with a little brush. <laughs> oh, Mo. Mo. And yeah, yeah, he was like, stay in the lines, clean it up. Stay in the lines, clean it, clean it. <laughs> yeah, he was torn. OCD. He was an OCD robot. <laughs> Yeah, again, and this was Andrew Stanton. So this, another one of their big names oh. from... And then the, when you see the giant Wallies, when Wallies... Oh, God, oh yeah. yeah. The giant Wallies kind of just gather around him, you're like, oh... Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I think... I think this is probably the most genius-made movie I've, uh, out of all of them. If, if, if you were to pitch this movie without being Pixar and saying, okay, I got an idea for a movie... The first 45 minutes are all but silent, yeah. with the exception of music. Yeah, yep. music and sound effects. 
Yep. Yeah. And we open with a scene from Hello Dolly. Yep. Yeah. What do you think? Surrounded by filth and <laughs> I'll leave now. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a funny thing, too, because we Arvin and I went to go. It was like one of our first dates out after Scarlett was born. We went to go see uh, Wally. And, you know, you get the Pixar thing, and then they show Earth, and then they had to, like, zoom the camera through a thousand satellites. Yeah. All, yeah. All, the, all the space junk. Well, it's all the space junk. It's not just satellites up there. They do actually, at NASA, track things like dropped hammers. Yep. <laughs> and screwdrivers. And um, and yeah. I was like, I know this song, and I'm like, it's from Hello, Dolly. <laughs> and in fact, it was from Hello, Dolly. Yeah. Because he managed to get an iPod to work on a TV. Mm. And then... When when uh, Eve is going through all of her memories from when she was in hibernation, yeah, and seeing all of that, all that Wally did for her, yeah, oh, it's it's a great, it is such a good movie. It's so ingenious, and not one you need a sequel for because the Peter Gabriel song kind of played that off at the end anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we yeah, know yeah. we know how it ends. We know where we're they robot go. Jesus. We're all set. <laughs> robot yeah. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Guys, ready for the number one, if you haven't figured it out already, because it's, you know, process of elimination being everything. The number one movie, as voted by you, the Geeks Out audience, is Finding Nemo. Right then, the meeting has officially come to order. Let us all say the pledge. I am a nice shark, not a mindless eating machine. If I am to change this image, I must first change myself. Fish are friends. Not food. Except stinking dolphins. Dolphins? Yeah, they think they're so cute. Oh, look at me, I'm a flipping little dolphin. Let me flip for you, they not something. Yeah. Uh, I, feel, I feel bad for saying this because I put it at number 12. Uh, yeah, it, it was my number 6. It was my number 12 as well. And it's, it's nothing against the movie itself because it is a good, great movie. But it was just there were more movies that I liked better that I enjoyed a lot more than I liked Finding Nemo. Where did you have it? Three. Three, okay. My wife had it number one. You know, it, it's it's not a bad movie, but it is by far not their best movie. Not in the least. Real quick, I just want to say what Steve's had to say about it. Finding Nemo, one of the better remakes of Lassie Come Home, only this time everything is trying to kill everyone and humanity is inflicting a holocaust on sapient fish. <laughs> I'm assuming he meant sentient fish. Here's the thing with this movie. It takes you to a place you cannot physically go for a long period of time. And they are consistent in that. It You never once doubt you're underwater the entire yeah, time. Yeah. True, yeah. The Yes, um, Mike, go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, I firmly believe this is actually one of the weaker of the Brickstar movies for uh, one main reason. Who's... Catherine, who's your favorite character in Finding Nemo? I don't know. I keep quoting them all. <laughs> like, you know, I'll be sitting there like, Bubbish, 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 Bubbish. Bruce the Shark. Bruce the Shark? There's Bruce the Shark, there's, you know. The Turtles. Oh. I love Mr. Turtles. Ray. Um, yeah, Crush. Do you know what? All right. Oh, we're getting the... ready. For... Do you know you're really cute. I don't understand a word you're saying. Do you know the, the scar, the fish with the scar? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, Willem yeah. Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what character nobody ever says their favorite Finding Nemo character? Dory. Marlin. Marlin. Marlin? 
Who is the main character of Finding Nemo? Well, I was going to say... A lot, of people thing- will, a lot of people will tell you it's Dory. The fi- main thing character of Finding Nemo is, is Marlin. Yes. Well, what I was going Which to is, say you know about what? one of the reasons I like this movie is watching his character progression from being it, weak and exactly. Which, which and and they uh, they did it, it doesn't in a way change that, until like the last fifteen minutes of the movie. He but he no he he it makes it incremental. But you know what? It's a, it's a shame because Albert Brooks did an excellent job. I he think he, he fit the, he fit the character. Yeah. But until until that like last fifteen minutes. Marlin is a really unlikable character. He's like, oh, you guys should swim under the trench. I'm not going to swim over the trench. Under the trench, I'm going to swim over the trench. Why? That's because Dory forgot where they were going. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, you know, he didn't know about the... And, and didn't Marlin do anything to help the story along? If, if Marlin had never left the anemone at the beginning, would the story have changed, had, had, been any different? Would Nemo have not escaped? No. Nemo would have escaped anyway. Finding Nemo is essentially if you watch Star Wars and the main character was C-3PO. It's a character that really has nothing to do with this, that has no effect on the story, but you're watching them anyway. Yeah. Oh. It's tough to say because he has a lot of good lines in the movie. No, I'm not going to say he doesn't have to. C-3PO had a lot of good lines in the movie. Yeah, it's it's not the no he. The thing here's the thing with that movie. All right, first of all, really, I don't know really if you would say that there is a lead because it is a very good ensemble piece. First of all, with I mean, you don't have one main character. It's Marlin and Dory. And, and it's Dory. not just Marlin. It's Marlin and Dory. There's very little time where Marlin because, is by himself in that entire movie. Right, because the story is just as much about Dory as it is about Marlin finding Nemo. If Marlin, credits. if Marlin would, had uh, had never gone through there, Dory would would have been just as happy. But she would have never remembered P. Sherman, uh, Third Jewel, Third Jewel of Sydney. Yeah, she she would have been ignorant, and you know, you know, she wouldn't have known better happiness and right. happiness, and she was, you know, and it made Marlin a better dad once he realized that he had to like when when Nemo tells the fish. That are stuck in the net to swim down. He trusts him at that point, and yeah, that's yeah, the thing. Is that the, the last entire minutes of the movie? Yeah, right, exactly. Up until then, he's kind of he's really unlikable. Yeah, but he starts to he starts to, he learns from Dory. You know, he goes. You know, first he's like he he really mainly learns from uh, Crush. Really no, 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 it's, no, it's in the whale. It's in the, the whale, whale where he finally um, realizes, how do you know nothing bad's going to happen? And Dory says, I don't. And she lets and drops. go. The whale says to let go. How do you know something bad's going to happen? I don't. <laughs> Basically, it's just, you got to have some faith sometimes. That's yeah. what she's teaching and, and he goes, you know what, you're right. And, and then and he does the whale thank you thing. And, and he, wow, I wish I could speak whale. <laughs> That's like the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Up until then... It's a 90-minute movie! Up until then, Marlin is really not a likable character. And yet, he's the main... You're following his story from beginning to end. But I think that's the, that's the thing. You're focusing too much on Marlin. It's a movie about Marlin and Dory. And no, and you're following Marlin's journey. Dory just just along for the ride. No. Yeah. No, no Dory does she, drive a lot of that. The, the stuff with the jellyfish, the stuff with um, the, the, shark, part with the, of the, story. With the sharks. If if it wasn't for Crush and Squirt, Marlin would have killed Dory. No, because no, no. he went back to go get her from the uh, the, the, jellyfish. The, the jellyfish prior to that. Uh huh. And 
and they were saved by the turtles. They were saved by the turtles, but he went to go save her. He found her, he got her, he got out of there, and then, That's dude, little dude. I still don't like him, and I still think it, he, he makes the entire movie weaker. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, I mean, a bow can only go so far if the actors... I'm not, not, not going to go all Simon Pegg on you, all right, so... <laughs> no. No, let's talk about what we did like. I'm going all Simon Mike. <laughs> let's talk about what we did like about the movie. Crush. Crush was great. Crush and Squirt. School of Fish... Yeah, I love. What I love about the what I love about the school of fish, not meat, non meat eating sharks. Yes. What I love about the school of fish, though, is that when they're like, "Hey, you like impressions?" They all smile at the same time with that. "Ah." (laughs) (laughs) The seagulls, the crabs, the lobsters. Oh, the the fact and that was wicked Dak down there. (laughs) Hey, Bob. When they when they did the uh, they were trying to figure out what to do with the seagulls and they, they go mine 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 mine, 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 mine. they have them, them say the word mine in whatever language it was translated to oh god so they, in every language they're saying whatever the language is for mine right <laughs> that is my screen that, like that that one scene where they're where they're, they end up on the dock and they look up and all it's like <laughs> the, it's that scene from the birds all the seagulls are staring at them and that that one just like pokes his head out of the corner like Mine? Yeah. I had that as my wallpaper for years. (laughs) Don't make noises. Just get in my my mouth mouth if you want to live. (laughs) You know what the funny thing is, too? I went looking for years at the Disney stores for the seagulls. I I don't know if it's... Because they look very much like an Aardman... Yeah. Creation. I don't no, know if they, they had. they do look Gardman-y, yeah. They didn't, I don't know if they had legal issues with that, because I wanted a seagull to buy for Autumn, and they oh. never carried them. If Fishy! You, if you go to either um, Epcot or uh, Disneyland out in California, it, uh, down at Epcot, if you go to the uh, the Finding Nemo ride, right outside, they got three little seagulls that every now and then go, mine, 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 mine. mine. <laughs> and out in Disneyland, um, if you walk past the uh, Finding Nemo um, submarine ride, they're out, out in the middle of the lagoon. They got a bunch of seagulls. Fine, 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 fine. <laughs> there is a so. I mean, there. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from, Mike, but yeah. there's so much to like about no, this movie. I'm not, not going to like that. This but is one of the I, few movies I saw three times outside of my house. I've seen this, it once. I saw I it, it twice in the theater, and then once at a drive-through. With the the other part of the double feature was a Pirates. Of the, it was Pirates of the Caribbean. Which one? The first one. Okay. The cool. good one. The only one. Just hey, you know when Bruce comes up to uh, Dory and uh, and Marlin. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> just flashing this huge smile. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's. I was actually. Except for dolphins. Dolphins. I was like, give me a dolphin. Dolphin. <laughs> I did actually go see Finding Nemo when it came out in 3D. Yeah, I did too. And I really liked, you know, the. They didn't get playful with it. They didn't get stupid or, or kitschy with it. But the, added the depth to the ocean. Exactly. Just of, right, just because of the setting, it, three, the three D works so well. And I well. said that earlier that you there was never a point where you doubted you were underwater. Right. Right. And that the whole thing was brilliant. I also like the fact they were you know shitting on Australia the entire time too. <laughs> but. I can just see a man about a wallaby <laughs> as he's taking a dump. <laughs> Yeah, that, 
you know what? I, I this was not as high on my list as a lot of people put it, but I, I really enjoy this movie. I enjoy it, but like I said, I, there, there are other Pixar movies. There that are other, more. you know, in my opinion, better movies. Yeah. I enjoy it. I just think it's one of their weaker ones, honestly. All right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's like, like I said, I put it high, but not that high. All right. Yeah, it didn't have the emotional impact like say Wally, Inside Out, and Up and then. Yeah. All right. As expected, we're running long on this one, so let's get in real quick our thoughts about the good dinosaur. Um, Chris's daughter Lena brought this up earlier. She's excited to see it. I'm ambivalent about it. I, I have no opinion the other way. I. Oh, oh, go ahead. I didn't know it was a Pixar movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now that I know it's now I know that it's Pixar, not DreamWorks. I have more hope. <laughs> right? No, it, it does give a very it's very, a very, a very DreamWorks. DreamWorks vibe to it. I, I'm more inclined to take my kid to see it now than if it were a DreamWorks movie or you know a or Fox, whatever their 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 Ice Age. Yeah. I actually saw like a five ten minute preview down in uh, Disney World. It. Yeah, I'll give it maybe a... Well, I mean, from the 5 to 10 minutes, obviously, I mean, you, you can't see, say much, but I'd give it 5 to 10 minutes, I saw a B, B minus. We B-. saw the first five minutes of Ant-Man, and we were all sold on that movie. Yeah. If you saw 10 minutes worth of Good Dinosaur, and you're still not sure about it, I... I mean, it seemed fun, but... I mean, I, 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 haven't, I, can't, I don't recognize any of the voices, and I haven't looked up to see who's in it, so it's like... It, the thing is, it, it's one of those movies that could have easily been made by another studio. The animation, the human animation, doesn't look spectacular. Yeah. They, they and even the dinosaurs looks, looks more. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And I, I mentioned this to you, Mike. It looks like Meet the Robinsons. Yeah. Which was one of the Disney non-Pixar and yeah. uh, CG movies. They got there. There are a trio. Easy. Of Sorry, I've got cats that are going to go to war in a second. There are a trio of uh, Tyrannosaurus Rexes that are essentially um, cowboys. And they're off. There they go. And they're off. Yep. Uh, but they're essentially cowboys, and they they are they're tracking down cattle wrestlers that are velociraptors. Yeah. Okay. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Well, they were telling you know the story of the science. What if the the asteroid hadn't killed the dinosaurs? What would have happened? And I'm like, well, the humans wouldn't have evolved at all. This is stupid. Right. <laughs> this is this is a creationist wet dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Jesus to write it. I was gonna say, is Ben Stein one of the people doing this? Where's <laughs> Ali? <Alley> you. <laughs> I'm just expecting Ben Stein to show up as one of the voices in here. Oh, yeah, I you know what this this is so gonna hinge on Rotten Tomatoes type votes. Well, it's coming out. At, I think it's kind of coming out. At the it's perfect coming time. out next week. I mean, I'm anticipating I'm, it's gonna have like maybe a. It's a number two opening at least because of Hunger Games coming out this week. I'm but, guessing yeah. 75, 75, 80 percent. I, I I can't see it break, breaking ninety. Honestly, mm-hmm. you know I'm I, actually going to go in. Did, let me put it this. Let me ask you this: How do you think it'll do compared to like uh, the Peanuts movie? Because the Peanuts movie has actually got holding power. It's got holding power because there isn't shit out other than Spectre. But it's also getting good, very the Peanuts movie's gotten very good reviews. It's actually getting better reviews right now than um, Spectre. than Spectre is. Yeah, uh, Good Dinosaur does not have anything right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't think they're doing any any uh, critics previews for this. Why the hell wouldn't you do that? Because at this at this point in its release, Inside Out was already at a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, that says something, doesn't it? Yeah, All right, there's, um, wait a sec, okay, so there is some stuff on here, let's take a look real quick, if anybody actually, worth a damn, actually is mentioning anything here, there are 11, 
There's no consensus yet. Eleven uh, critics. Oh wait, no. There's only four critics right now. So right now it's looking at seventy-five percent. Uh, From stuff like Screen International, Variety liked it, uh, The Rap liked it, and then The Hollywood Reporter did not like it. The visually, break, the visually breathtaking work of computer-generated animation that is ultimately unable to co compensate for a disappointingly derivative script. Yeah, uh, that's uh, I could buy that. Yeah, it's I, I, I honestly think seventy-five to eighty percent is probably going to be about where it sits. Uh, that's just, that's just my gut feeling. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I really do not know. I don't think it's going to be a bad movie. It's just nothing it's special. Not gonna, yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be considered a classic Pixar movie. No, I really. No. Don't. It's going to no. be relegated to the also rands. Right, it's yeah. going to be one of those movies. Kind of like, do you guys remember the two thousand movie Dinosaur? Yeah. Barely. Yeah, thank you. And Catherine still hasn't answered yet, so I'm going to assume that's a I, no. I'm, I'm Which one was that one? That was the movie that was released. That was. Computer animated, but with live back backgrounds. I only remember. I only know about it because one, there's a ride at Animal Kingdom that we okay, found yeah. it. I went on really? that ride. I went on that ride. Yeah. Well, okay. you know, it's like you ride around and there are dinosaurs, and then the Carnotaurus jumps at you a couple times. Right, yeah. and that's the thing. They rename all the dinosaurs because you know that they wouldn't have known the scientific names back yeah. then. Yeah. It's not a good movie, and um, yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. All right. So anyway, guys, great conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Thank you. Now, Mike. Never say it wasn't. Huh? Would you ever say it wasn't a great conversation? I know we've had some stuff. They're like, well, this isn't one of our better shows. You just haven't <laughs> been part of them yet. See what you've done to the show, Catherine. You, you brought <laughs> you quality. Bit. You brought class to this bitch. Carnotaurus is a genus of large theropod dinosaur that lived in South America. All right. She's glass the fuck out of us. Exactly. Thank you, Wikipedia. All right, Mike. That wasn't even Wikipedia. I skipped past that to something else. You have a quick plug you got to make? Yeah. I've been on a few episodes of the uh, Nerds United One podcast slash YouTube channel. Um, yeah, it's, it's a funny. It's kind of similar to what we do, only um, they do it on YouTube. And I think I gave our show a a, um, a boost. Actually, yesterday. Okay. I figured I'd, I might as well return the paper. Uh, check out their uh, YouTube channel. It's Nerd United One. Do they have a website? Um, probably. I'm not sure what it is. I just know their Facebook group is Nerd United One. And, and YouTube. YouTube channel. All right. Your Nerd United One. Uh, subscribe to that, please. Yeah, they've uh, got 43 episodes so far, and they just did their one year anniversary. Oh, awesome. I was going to say, if you've got Facebook and a YouTube channel, you really don't need a website. That's yeah. true. That's true. I don't know why we bother. <laughs> so anyway, our next show, we are going to be doing our Cal Christmas show, because Mike and I got to work retail this year. <laughs> so, yeah, between now and Christmas, you're getting one more show for the end of the year. And we haven't quite decided what we're going to do for our topic yet. So I think we might put it as a poll. <laughs> poll. Um, <laughs> and I think also, I think topic is going to depend on availability of some of our other hosts that have not been here with the exception of one episode later, earlier in the year. Yeah. So we are going to figure that out at some point. So just keep in mind, next show is a Christmas show. It's going to be Christmas themed. So if you have any thoughts for a, um... A topic for Christmas. Or holiday themed. A holiday themed, yes, well. Say holiday themed, a 
red, white, and green holiday theme, maybe with some kind of pagan goddess right in the front <laughs> that everybody else seemed to have forgotten about. Um, I am not a pagan goddess that everyone's forgotten about. Right, exactly. She is the pagan goddess that nobody forgets about. <laughs> With that, if you have any feedback that you want to give us about what we should do for our Christmas episode, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com. Uh, you can also let us know either on our uh, Twitter, which is at Geek Salad Radio, our Facebook page, Geek Salad Podcast. Uh, hit us up on our respective emails as well, if you know them. Um, and also, you can check out this show as well as everything else in our archive, either at our website, geek-salad.com, geek uh, geeksalad.podbean.com or download the Stitcher or uh, Podbean or iTunes apps and get them there as well. Am I forget anything? No, I think that's about it. Joe? Catherine? You got it. Am I forget anything? Nope. Alright, great. So anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. We just need to go to our happy place. Triple them gun.